1: spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer here's a
2: camping hack from ll bean to make your next trip the best yet when putting together your gear wrap a piece of duct tape around your water bottle it's barely noticeable but if another piece of gear breaks or tears pull off your tape to make a quick patch or repair for more
1: camping hacks visit youtube.com slash ll bean ll bean be an outsider
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. And it is officially WrestleMania week at long last. I am back per the usual. I am your host, Keela Cash, but I'm not alone as we navigate that road to WrestleMania all the way to Arlington, Texas, this upcoming Saturday and Sunday, live from AT&T Stadium. By my side, per the usual, is my right hand man, my co-captain, and the advocate of the returning Von Wagner after about another three week absence. Back, per the usual, is Scott Young. Welcome back, Scott.
1: Thank you, Keela. It's always a a pleasure to chop it up and talk the week that was WWE with you. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I decided that this week was a good week to bring back Big Daddy V. Um, we've got some big things in the work, as you can see. Um, but you know, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but, uh, yeah, we got, we got big things in the work coming from Big Daddy V. He's just, I tell him he's just talking too much. He said five words today. And I told him his limit was two. He. He, he keeps going over that limit. We're going to have a conversation about that, but, uh, I thought he looked good. I thought he looked good.
0: So what are the minimum number of
1: words he can say a week? So right now we're probably at, like I I can give him three, you know, I'm like, yo, you can get a solid three words out. And I, I think you can really pull that off. But he went like five or six this week. And I'm like, man, what are you doing? You know, let's not overstep our boundaries now. We're doing, you know, just give him a little bit, just give him a taste. You want a taste? You know, 2.0, just a taste. (laughs) Baby steps.
2: That's a bad name from bad creative. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Right, Right, absolutely. (laughs) Right, absolutely.
0: That is not how you build a sports entertainer, by saying three words every single week. He must at least double his words by next week. If he can complete six words and a sentence, by the way, that would be growth for Von Wagner. I know that's a stretch to complete an entire sentence, but I know it's possible.
1: Can't give him that much. I'm I'm, stick, I'm sticking with my I'm sticking hard <laughs> to the three words. I'm gonna stay with that after WrestleMania weekend. After stand and deliver, we'll talk about it.
0: Okay, so he's gonna graduate to Webster eventually to get all the words he needs to get out per usual or for the week, but. Enough of Hooked on Phonics with Von Wagner for the 90s kids out there. Also joining us is an OG to the rap from way back when, from that day one ish. The sexy OG grandpa himself back once again, Paul Fontaine. Welcome back, Paul.
2: Hey. How's it going? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was distracted. I was distracted. Um, I was just the thought of uh, Von Wagner speaking and and make me wonder what I got myself into. Makes me think I got to give Scott one of these. Hang on. Or another one. Another one. Is that is that a kendo shot or am I getting smacked in the head with a chair? No, that's a chop from Walter. <laughs> that's even worse. <laughs> or Gunther, sorry, Gunther. No, I'm I'm so happy to be back. Sorry, pardon my technical difficulties there. Um, yeah, no, this is uh, this is the highlight of my month whenever I get to do this, and uh, I'm so happy to be here for like what's going to be like a WrestleMania preview. I'm so jazzed up to go to mania uh it's it's a good time even though things in my own life are yeah there i've had better weeks but uh it's uh it's great to be on with you guys
0: glad to have you back as always and before we dive into the show it's a very special week it's the most stupendous week of the year according to wwe That's going to run for two whole nights this upcoming weekend but before we get into the heart of this show i want to give away a free podcast PO-OP. What is a po you may ask? I'm sure you're familiar with, an NFT, or at least you've heard that acronym thrown around. This is a form of NFT, but it's more like a digital collectible that we're giving away to our listeners. It has some utility which we'll get into in a second. Here's how you can mint your PO- app. Go get yourself a digital wallet which is free to do at metamask.io. Go to the store of whichever app you use on your mobile device, download the PO- app, spell it, It's P O A P, the app, and you can find it via Google Play or. Apple, the Apple store per the usual enter your ENS ETH address or your email address if you do not have a digital wallet yet on the bottom right hand corner click on the mint button select the secret word and type in the secret word for this week which is mania preview in all lower cases no cases because it's very case sensitive and there are no spaces as well the po app will uh, show up in your wallet note if you're mint with an email address it is reserved until you create an ethereum address in the future now where does the utility part come in why do you want to mint one fike media has a few prizes attached to these perhaps and will announce these individual prizes near aew's double nothing pay-per-view in may the prizes are the following One, a cameo style question and answer video from Dave Meltzer. You ask him your combat sports question and we'll send you a video of him answering it. Number two, a guest appearance on any fight game media podcast of your choice. And number three, a WWE chair from a pay-per-view event, pay-per-view to be decided based on availability or as we like to call them these days, premium live events. If you have any questions about this whatsoever, please send an email to Media. PoApp at gmail.com. So that is the scoop on a PoApp for this show with three more to come coming your way during WrestleMania weekend. And we look forward to you collecting one of these special tokens to celebrate the most stupendous two-night event of the year, according to WWE. And with that, let's dive into this week's episode of The Wrap with the lead story, which happens to be the retirement of Triple H from in-ring competition. He made the announcement via first take this past Friday with Stephen A. Smith, and he doubled down on the discussion on Stephen A.'s world via ESPN+. And this news was to be expected due to the severity of his heart condition that almost took him out of here. This was a very scary health situation for Paul Levesque. He mentioned that he was basically at the one yard line at one point due to a bout of viral pneumonia that really hit him hard over the summer. And he's still in recovery as we speak with a defibrillator in his to basically keep him alive. And he made a joke about saying he doesn't want to be zapped during a wrestling match. But we saw the outpouring of love from his contemporaries and fans around the globe over the last few days as we really dive into what he has accomplished as a professional wrestler and an executive for that matter in WWE. And his work is prolific. It's too much to get into in this one show. But I remember becoming a wrestling fan in 1999 and in the year 2000, it was Triple H. It was Stephanie McMahon. It was the McMahon-Helmsley era. It was Triple H versus McFoley. It was Cactus Jack versus Triple H at the Warrior Rumble that really gave Triple H an edge as WWF champion at the time. But my favorite feud during that period was Triple H and The Rock. The promos, the shade, the feud, the matches. It was everything back then. And how can we possibly forget the entrance music? legendary the man never had a bad track every hit was a banger and we talk about this constantly on the show as of late that nobody in wwe today has that signature theme song with very few exceptions the one that you go back to time and time again my time the game king of kings evolution when you get motorhead and one dmc doing your music you're doing something right as a star and let's not forget the factions dx evolution Let's not forget NXT, the godfather of NXT, Uncle Paul, OG Black and Gold, the countless names that ran through the PC, the takeovers that became legendary. But despite the accolades, despite the accomplishments, I am not going to let go of the fact of the Reign of Terror from 2003 through 05. I am not going to let that go. Booker T should have won WrestleMania 19. I'm still going to say that to this day. I hated it the Reign of Terror, the Pompadour hairstyle, the Fabio look, the Golden Shovel, the Burials. Wasn't a fan. But all in all, Triple H was that dude back in the day. And the work and the craftsmanship must be respected. And like I said, we cannot go into this man's entire career on this show. It's too long. It's too extensive. So Scott, what are your very brief thoughts on Triple H's in-ring career, winding down? And what does it mean for the future of WWE in terms of the succession games? We keep talking about because based on his health condition he might not be able to leave things as we thought he would maybe two or three years ago
1: so triple h is always going to have a a special spot for me as far as wrestling goes um you know i talked about it on the very first episode where you you know you asked us about our wrestling history and kind of how we got into it and triple h versus shelton benjamin on Monday Night Raw when Triple H or when Shelton Benjamin got drafted to Raw when they split up the world's greatest tag team from SmackDown. That match was the match that got me, into rest, got me back into wrestling and is the reason I still watch wrestling today. That match going forward was the reason I started watching wrestling. So Triple H is always going to have just a special spot for me. And I didn't experience the reign of terror like everybody else did. The first three weeks I saw Triple H, he lost to Shelton Benjamin three weeks in a row. You know, I, ha- I have a completely different view of Triple H. <clears throat> that year, he goes into that WrestleMania and taps out to Chris Benoit. The following year, he goes into that WrestleMania, loses to Batista. The following year, he goes into that WrestleMania and taps out to John Cena. I I just have a different and it's because I I wasn't watching at the time, 100%, but I just have a different view of Triple H. Like he's in a few of my favorite matches of all, like Daniel Bryan versus Triple H from WrestleMania 30. It That's one of my favorite matches of all time. Um, he, he, him versus Seth Rollins had one of my favorite builds when Seth Rollins interrupts the the takeover. Uh, you know, Triple H is baby because Rollins knows how to get to him. That's one of the coolest moments. And it's a Triple H moment. Like, he's a part of so many, him and Stephanie McMahon versus Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle. Like, I, this guy is a part of so many things that I just thoroughly enjoy about wrestling. And we talk about the entrances, man. Oh man, you want to talk about a guy with entrances? You want to talk about a true sports entertainer? I mean, that's him to a T. Now, don't get me wrong; he's done. There's a lot of things that you know we definitely wish he would have done differently. There's people he should have put over. There's no question about it. But for me personally, man, I you know i i just have a different perspective on him and it's because i wasn't around for the reign of, for the majority of the reign of terror i was around when it was coming to an end when his when the terror part of his reign was over and he was just reigning um so but as far as the executive part goes i am curious to see what happens next because his NXT is completely wiped out and it's essentially AEW Rampage you know that's essentially what his NXT has become so where does he go what does he do because he still has something to bring to the wrestling you know to the wrestling game to the wrestling world he has something to add you know whether it's it's you know storylines or whether it's just getting picking the right talent to build around he's the reason Adam Cole is the top is, is viewed as this top guy because Triple H had enough faith in him to build a brand around him, when Adam Cole came in, they built that brand around the undisputed era, and Velveteen Dream was supposed to be the guy taken to the next level. But he's a sicko, so we had to get him out of here. Like, so things didn't. And triple, and let's not act like Triple H just had people where he could keep for as long as he wanted. People are getting plucked left and right, and he's got to adjust on the fly and stuff. So, I, for what he was, for the hand he was dealt, man, I thought he did a great job. And yeah. I I have no idea what happens. I'm very curious to see what happens because you can't let him go somewhere because he's too smart of a guy. I and mean, he's proven it to just let go somewhere else and do something. So, yeah, I'm very curious about it. But Triple H will always have a, a special spot for me as far as him in ring goes.
0: Yeah, it was special. I'm not going to lie and say like... I love the Reign of Terror. There's elements I like. Burying Goldberg was special to me in particular. That was a special kind of burial that very few can pull off in this business. It was quite epic. But... I am proud to admit when I got WWE anthology back in 2002 as a Christmas gift, I would play my time really loud and I would work the one way and I would do the strut, do the walk, because that music will give you the motivation you need to get you through your day and NXT really reignited my love for professional wrestling. It was WWE, but it was under the umbrella of we really like wrestling on this show. Strip down intimate, and we're going to give you what you want. And Paul Levesque, Triple H, a guy that was all about the body first, all about the size and the look, he really appreciated during the latter stages of his career the fact that every wrestler comes in different shapes, forms, and sizes. That it's not one prototype. It's many different types of stars that can get over, and it happened under the WWE umbrella. Unfortunately, visiting man's mindset could not change due to that philosophy being so bold and brash in the 20 teens but for us to have the takeovers and have it not outside and have it outside of Full Cell and go to Brooklyn, Chicago, Dallas, Phoenix, Portland, New Orleans, just to name a few cities, that was big time. It basically laid the blueprint for AEW and you see it via Dynamite and Rampage, the layout of NXT from 3 or 4 years ago. So his impact last Forever despite the reign of terror that thankfully Scott skipped for the last fifty for the last 20 or so years. So, Paul, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on Triple H's retirement from WWE as an England competitor and his future as an executive in WWE? So
2: I mean, I go back to, you know, longer than you guys, obviously I'm, I'm older. In fact, uh, Paul Levesque is, you know, he's about 18 months older than me. So, you know, I've kind of, I've watched his whole career and I've kind of been the same age as him the whole way. So, you know, I'm looking at it from that perspective and I remember him as terrorizing and then, you know, under his own name, John Paul Levesque and, you know, tagging up with William Regal, which not a lot of people remember from WCW and then, you know, going to WWE and becoming Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And you, you talked about great theme music. Remember, he had the... Duh, 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 you know, whatever that what song's called. Um, Beethoven, right? Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, so he's always had the great theme musics. And and then, you know, and then DX and uh, and, and Motorhead and, you know, all that great stuff. I, I'm, I'm partial to, you know, it's all about the game. You know, for me, that, that, that was always my favorite. Um But then, you know, you, even when you talk about the reign of terror, okay, number one, I mean, he had some influence, but he wasn't, he didn't have the final say. And I think that the reason that he was built up like that and that he mowed everyone down was because they eventually were going to transfer that heat over to somebody else. And if you remember, one of the biggest pay-per-views that they ever did was the WrestleMania where he wrestled Batista. And I don't think that that, is as big of a deal if we don't have the three years leading up to it of the reign of terror. So when, when Batista finally beat him, that was a, such a big match because of that. And then, you know, unfortunately, you know, things didn't work out to where Batista stayed. He could have been John Cena, but you know, he decided he wanted to be the rock and, and go into movies and, you know, good for him. Um, you know, and then triple H moves over into uh, being an executive and, I'm glad Scott brought up Adam Cole because I've been thinking about this a lot. And somebody made a comment. I think they were just joking. But they were, you know, it's basically throwing shade and saying, oh, you know, Triple H, has he ever had a memorable match in his career? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I loved so many of his matches. And the style that he did, the main event style match, he basically transferred that over into the NXT main eventers, and I think it's one of the reasons why Adam Cole is now one of my favorite wrestlers, is because he's basically doing the same match Triple H did for 15 years, on top in WWE, and um, and so now and now he's doing it in AW. And Keila, you mentioned it, like everything that's going on in AW right now is an extension of what NXT was doing, and in fact, I actually think that what ring of honor is going to end up being is almost exactly the same as what NXT was from 2015 to 2019. It's going to be people that aren't on, on the main shows of AEW, mixed in with indie guys and running, you know, 3000 to 5,000 seat buildings and putting on just killer shows, you know, maybe every two, two or three months. And I'm really looking forward to that. And as for what triple H does next, I mean, I know with the heart issues, You know, people are speculating maybe he's not going to be able to be involved. Like, I think that that's a little over, like, simplifying things because the heart issues are most likely a result of all the steroids and, you know, getting himself into shape for these matches all the time. And he's not going to be wrestling anymore. So if it's just a matter of him being an executive and making decisions and all that, yeah, it's stressful, but it's not going to put the same kind of pressure on his heart as working out 12 hours a day and, and, and taking steroids did, you know? So I think he can be an executive. Now it's just a matter of whether or not Vince has confidence in him. I think that's the bigger issue rather than his health, but I hope they look at the results and maybe realize that the success of AW can almost be directly traced back to triple H, um, you know, and, and if he was allowed to do the kind of a- NXT that he wanted to do, maybe AW wouldn't have been as successful as they were.
0: That is a very good point, and I think that the core issue with NXT was when they went head-to-head with AEW back in 2019. It hit that plateau. And the one great thing about NXT before 2019 was the fact that you had the era of the OGs. You had the Kevin Owens's and the Sami Zayn's and Balor's. Then you flipped the page to the Oscars and the Adam Coles, and then eventually went to Keith Lee in 2019-2020 with Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler and Bianca Belair. Every NXT, every two or three years, had its own little era to it and 2019 2019- it just hit the peak and when it plateaued the chain should have began then to find new stars to build people up and it kind of stayed stagnant a wee bit too long. And now we've blown the entire concept up of developmental and we have 2.0, which is both good and bad. We have talked about this on the show extensively, but I think the plateau hit and they never quite recovered from it. So I can understand the need to switch things up, but at the core, NXT should be the place to build future stars, but at the same time, do we want the greenest on TV? That will, that would be where Paul would be best implemented in right now to steer the day-to-day and the directional focus of that show. Shawn Michaels is there, the right-hand man, literally directing traffic these days, and at least that's someone that is very aware of how to run the show, but the philosophies are completely different, and you see it reflected via AEW every Wednesday and Friday. You see the OGs from the black. And go day thriving because of the foundation that Paul Levesque set five or six years ago. NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan. Even if you live far away, like maybe you like the bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday ticket, your out of market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday ticket now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off.
1: Go to your happy price, Priceline. And, and it's with not, that, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just, just not over, you know, understate how just, you know, guys and girls not being able to stay there for long periods of time just really impacts everything. Paul, you brought up the trust that Triple H, they they might not have Vince might not have in Triple H because he quote unquote lost the war, but I mean just imagine if he could have kept some of the just like a Bobby Roode who ended up not doing a lot on the main roster. Just imagine if he could have kept a guy like that or some of the women who ended up not doing anything and keep them around and build them as kind of your your anchors there while you're still building up your younger talent. I I just I think that played a huge part in it. That that you know is something that. AEW doesn't have to worry about Paul when you bring up that this is essentially the blueprint for it that's something that Paul had always had to worry about at some point was how long do I have this person for no matter how over they get how long do I have him for like a guy like Keith Lee he wins both titles loses the next month and he's called up you know what I mean like you don't do that to a guy that you're going to call up in a month so stuff like that it, it really went against him in the long run for that type of quote unquote battle as well
0: Definitely. And I just want to point out Hit Row. And I'm going to leave that yeah. alone. That still bothers hit me row, to this day. Man. Oh, my gosh. It still bothers me. It still angers me how they got caught up and got fired three weeks later.
2: <sighs> Serenity and now. Oh, but... The- they're so much better off where they are. Yes, but in, in the losing moment, in week two. I
0: know that is true. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> hey, I I,
1: I, I, hey, I caught some flack, I caught some flack for uh for bringing up Swerve losing in week two, and, and they're like, oh, you know, he you gotta give it time, and yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, yo, come on, man, like <laughs> this dude's yeah. back and about to be back in a tag. I'm sorry, wrong show, wrong show. Sorry, I know. Sorry,
2: I know. I'll, I'll I'll take care of that on Wednesday, man.
0: <laughs> wrong show. Paul with the low key shade just do it in oh, there oh actually i'm
2: off i'm off my show wednesday oh damn <laughs> <Can't do that. laughs> well let's yeah. do it
0: right now why not
2: go ahead we'll, no, we'll talk about it oh, well yeah okay. okay no i mean you know what like a kid loses in his second week and There's WWE's idiots right but yeah but but uh you know but uh swerve loses his second week oh it's all part of the plan <laughs> yeah
0: okay is it the three-week Booker plan the-, the famous three-week plan that we hear about yeah. all the time in wwe
2: to be fair, I think Tony's got a bit of a better track record with that stuff, but um, I still don't think it was a good idea.
0: <laughs> no, it was a bad idea. We, I want to point that out as well. Like, wow, that was that was a choice. So he couldn't get the FTW championship, a championship that's unsanctioned by AEW. Maybe just.
2: Don't make the match.
0: Yeah, like, that you just don't, don't do. have the match. <laughs> that that <too>. yeah.
1: <laughs> you do. You got 85 the wrestlers lines. that are right there. Yeah. You got 85 other wrestlers right
2: 85? there. 85? <laughs> You're counting wrong. It's like 130. Yes. <laughs> There's so a much. lot of wrestlers there, but no, we got to put Ricky Starks. So that's what the magic wheel says. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a wheel like David Lovell, and it just spins.
1: And oh, Ricky Starks! Oh, <laughs> and don't don't worry, everybody. We're gonna we're definitely gonna touch on this again when we get to a kid. So don't don't worry. Oh we yeah, got plenty of shade yeah. for for WWE. Yeah. That was and my NXT. first. Don't worry. That was my first thing. I mean, I I'm fair.
2: I'll throw shade to both companies. Oh, the shade is and coming. That was dumb. Yeah,
0: it's coming. Oh, NXT. Take cover! Yeah. We, I got something all right. for all of y'all. <laughs> But let's get to the good stuff, which was Monday Night Raw going down live from the All State Arena from the All State Arena in Chicago, Illinois. And I made a remark on my podcast maybe a few days ago, and that this is the ninth time that WWE and AEW has ran Chicago in the last seven months. And thankfully, the Chicago crowd was still hyped for professional wrestling. And we heard the glass shatter, we heard it break, and the fans jumped up, and we saw. Bay Babies, legit babies excited, holding their chests in excitement, seeing Stone Cold for the first time in their lives. Grown men, grandmamas, mamas, granddad's, uncles, auntie's going crazy. And then we see Kevin Owens coming out to troll the audience in a raggedy bald cap, busted knee braces. He's coming out there with the Austin 316 shirt. And I am laughing my ass off and the fans are upset And KO trolls the crowd doing his best Stone Cold Steve Austin, saying that Stone Cold is scared of KO. He's going to get beat down on the KO show at WrestleMania night one. He calls him a dumb son of a bitch. And then the glass breaks again. And the turn KO does is tremendous. The shock of he's here. He's here. And the fans jump up and then he trolls them a second time. And I laughed my ass off. This was Outstanding Trolling by Kevin Owens. The Steve Weisers go flying. He drops him deliberately. It's even better. He stuns the guy. And then he does a stone cold. Let me get down and yell at you really, really loud. Kevin Owens was living his Stone Cold fantasy, and I led for it, and it makes me very excited for the KO show for Saturday, for night one. Will it be the main event of WrestleMania Saturday? I do not know just yet, but I thought that Kevin Owens was tremendous during this segment. He really did not care how he looked, like a budget Stone Cold, and I will give The Miz this. I will give him this. 11 years ago, he came out as The Rock, And he fooled everybody (laughs) for a good, solid minute. The profile, the strut, the walk, the shades. When he got in that ring, they realized, hmm, rock skinny and white. This ain't The Rock. (laughs) This is The Miz, and this is some bullshit. So I will say The Miz did the better job cosplaying as his hero, but I thought Kevin Owens did a better job trolling the crowd by being a busted Stone Cold. So, so Paul, what are your thoughts on broke-ass Stone Cold Kevin Owens?
2: So I, I, you know, I, I kind of had this spoiled for me before I watched it. Um, but when when Owens came out, I I immediately thought I, I was trying to figure out is that like. Eric from the Viking Raiders, or you know, let me make Will Sasso uh, from back in WCW. Like he looked nothing like Stone Cold, but I think that was part of the comedy. Um, So the the first one obviously was spoiled because I knew about it, but the second one he totally got me, and I thought that was great. And then the only thing that would have made it better would have been if they would have done it again and then actually had Stone Cold come out. But then you know what? That I mean, it would have been better. for that particular segment but we're paying to see Stone Cold at WrestleMania so it was smart that they didn't do that even though I'm sure fans were disappointed that they didn't get to see him the dropping the beer was was just awesome the you know the the shade that he was throwing at Stone Cold like it was all just just brilliant and you just know that uh you know stone cold is gonna open up a can of whoop ass on him and we're gonna get what we paid for and i'm i'm holding out hope that you know i just i noticed they rejigged the card a little bit this week and maybe we're gonna get the KO show on saturday and a match on sunday and if we get that i'm there for both nights i'm gonna be so happy
0: that would be awesome if they were able to pull that off give us a teaser on saturday give us the match on sunday That would be a great payoff because, you know, I'm all for a brawl, but I want the full Stone Cold aesthetic. I want the strut, the walk, the glass breaking, the chain, the knee braces, him whooping ass in more than five minutes. I would accept that. But it depends what he wants to do. And I'm happy with Stone Cold one way or the other being there for nights one or two whooping ass per the usual. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on Stone Cold Kevin Owens trolling the Chicago crowd not once but twice?
1: Um, first off, I would just like to start this off by saying I'm here for all the, the Ms. Love that, uh, that Keela is just throwing around. I'm, I'm here for all of this. I, I, and by the way, I, something must've messed up in my headphones cause I completely didn't hear what you said. All I heard was good stuff about the Ms. Could you repeat what you said again? I, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't hear it.
0: Now, you know I have a (laughs) one-time-only rule in complimenting The Miz on this show. You don't get two compliments out of me. (sighs) Never.
1: That's that's fair. I just thought I'd ask. Um, No, Kevin Owens is is absolutely fantastic. Um, The first one, you know, you knew that was coming, but the second one got me too, and I... Man, it's the crowd reaction is was just great to watch. And you can tell when a real reaction is happening when the glass shatters, people got up out their seat. You know, people were excited when that second glass shattered. People really bought into it like, oh, he's really coming. And Kevin Owens talk about (laughs) great facials when when that glass shattered and he did that facial. That was excellent. And then he turns it into that little <laughs> gotcha grin, man. Fantastic all around, Paul. You brought up he dropped the beers when he couldn't catch them. You know he ain't got no hands. That was a nice touch. And then he then the the, the cameraman or the the beer tosser gets in the ring and he gets in. He does get in very awkwardly. and He's like, well, that was weird. Um, so just. Little touches like that, the knee braces not being taped up all the way, him keeping the beard of all things to keep, you know, <laughs> as he's at, with this costume. I, I just love how he, it's, it's a, you could tell he didn't care about it. He knew he was going to get him just by the music and he just here to, to make fools of people. This is absolutely brilliant. I am completely okay with not getting Stone Cold until WrestleMania. Um, I'm completely okay with that. And, you know, I'm fully expecting to get old school stone cold that I didn't get to see in the moment. You know, of course I got to go back and watch him because you have to go back and watch him as a wrestling fan. He's one of if not the greatest to ever do it. But to see it to be in the moment is a completely different thing. And so I'm I really hope and I'm fully expecting him to come out Old like just old school stone cold, G- jean shorts or the or the the black trunks, either one I'll take. You know, either one I'll take. But I need the knee braces on. I need the shirt off. I need the vest. Keila, you brought up a great point. I need the gold chains. I, I need those two I-, I want that, and I want the energy that it's going to bring with it. And God, I can't wait for for uh, Ko to take that stunner for him to grab them beers. Like it's gonna that's gonna be an incredible just moment when that glass shatters. And he comes out. The the place is going to erupt. It's going to be amazing.
0: It's going to be chill-inducing. I cannot wait for it. And the last two times WWE teased via a graphic and now with Kevin Owens with that glass-breaking... It is a trigger for fans. It's a sign of the ultimate excitement of, oh, my God, he's here. And to get got not once but twice was a great way to kick off Monday Night Raw. And it says to tone for a very interesting WrestleMania Saturday, which could segue into Sunday if a match does come to pass between Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And next up, speaking of Wrestlemania Night One, we do have the Raw Women's Championship featuring Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. And I thought that Becky Lynch did her best heel work to date via this promo that can be about the fans. But in this point, it's about power, control, glory, being at the top and being replaced by somebody a bit younger, fresher, exciting than you are. And it was about Becky's insecurities of being replaced by Bianca Belair. I wanted this from the moment she Karen Hill. We got it two weeks before WrestleMania, which was good. And apparently Becky had Rue up one night and she thought to herself, let me fire up the Disney Plus. Let me go to the app. Let me check out Cinderella. Let's look at Maleficent. Let's check out the evil queen from Snow White. Let's look a little bit at Cruella, shall we? She went for every Disney villain imaginable to craft this promo. And I love the content. I don't know how the fans are going to react in Arlington, Texas. That is going to be the big test. It's a traveling crowd Do they really buy into this Becky Lynch heel turn? Because they need to buy into this in order for Bianca Belair to get over at WrestleMania. Will she win the title? I do not know. I expect the match to be great. And in my humble opinion, this should be the night one main event, which I'll get to shortly when we get to SmackDown. But I think for the story of the ponytail being Bianca's crown, which was a great line by Becky Lynch, the attention to detail of, she didn't mean to hurt me, but I meant to hurt her. And I love that. Like, where was this six months ago when you were feuding with Liv Morgan. Make it make sense. Add a bit of that healness that we care about. Don't play to the fans so much. If you want to be a bad guy, embrace that shit. Embrace your own mortality, so to speak, as being at the top of your game and the need to have that championship as your quest. The most important thing in your life, you would do anything to get it, you do anything to keep it, and you would do anything to have it with you post WrestleMania. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on Becky's promo heading into the home stretch of her feud against Bianca Belair heading into WrestleMania next Saturday?
1: This promo, I I feel like, you know, I talked about it last week, how I was kind of leaning more into Bianca probably winning, even though I didn't have that much confidence. This promo right here gave me more confidence in Bianca winning that match than anyone before, because now I feel like we're starting the story of Becky Lynch turning back into that babyface Becky Lynch. Because we're you mentioned that she talked about Bianca, you know, being the younger, more you know, how the fans chose Bianca over her and stuff like that. This is the insecurity starting to show a bit. Now we're going to see Bianca take advantage of that. She's going to beat Becky Lynch. This is what I'm, this is how I'm taking this promo as far as the story goes. Be- Bianca's going to beat Becky Lynch. And now Becky Lynch is going to be like, what what is it? What was it that I'm missing? What am I missing that I don't have? What does Bianca have that I don't have? What was, what, what did I have before that made me the man that I don't have now? And then she's going to realize it's the fans. She's going to cut this passionate promo over the next year, which is going to get a to the Becky Lynch Ronda Rousey match at Wrestlemania in LA big time match big time Bex well it won't be big time Bex anymore she'll be back to the man cause that's, that's that's where I'm thinking this is all eventually leading back to is her on this redemption path of gaining the fans trust much like what Seth Rollins had to do you know when he was trying to become the, the top babyface he had to earn the trust of the fans cause he had been evil for so long Becky Lynch wasn't evil for so long but I think that's the story that they're going with you know she went after one of the big baby faces that wwe had done a good job of building up she destroyed that momentum the fans didn't like that so now she's gonna start this redemption path and i think this promo really kind of set that emotion just with the beats that she was hitting um the disney villain over the top if that's what she needs to do to start being the bad guy then i'm i'm here for it that's what bianca needs to get over because yes. she's Bianca, Bianca can't touch her on the mic. I'm, I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. Bianca needs Becky Lynch to be the bad guy, to be the the person that the fans rally against, so Bianca can get them to rally. Bianca's going to be able to do some incredible things at WrestleMania when the lights are the brightest. We've already seen Bianca shines the she shines the brightest. She is the EST for real. That is that is not just a uh, a gimmick. That is her for real. So. I have no there's the, the match will be fantastic be, Becky has to continue channeling the villain and make sure that people want to see her get hers and I thought this was fantastic and the little beat she hit on seemed to indicate this is going to start that redemption path and Bianca going to win the title I have a lot of faith now Bianca ends up winning that belt
0: I feel a lot better, too, after this promo by Becky Lynch, was was, which was just masterful. She definitely looked at Descendants from Disney Plus as well. She was in her bag this past week watching all of the villains that formed my childhood as a Disney lover. And she tapped into that perfectly. And the selling your soul aspect was so great. Very Ursula. What are you willing to give up? to be the best and is basically everything to get that championship. It's what makes you special. It's what makes you the top dog in WWE. And I love that beat from Becky Lynch as well. So Paul, what are your thoughts Mm. on Becky's promo heading into the heart of WrestleMania season?
2: I thought that this promo, as well as the attack on Bianca uh, last week, or I can't remember it was last week or the week before, but I think it's the best heel work that she's done since she turned heel like it's the first time that you've actually been able to believe this heel character before it just seemed to be like oh you know like i know you guys love me but i'm supposed to be a heel and now it's like no i'm like actually a heel and i want to kill this person that you love and um and i hate you Um, You know, speaking to the fans like she you actually believe that she doesn't like the fans, whether or not they turned on her isn't doesn't even matter at this point. Like she doesn't care about the fans. All she cares about is this belt. And um, it I also think, too, she's even tapping into a little bit of uh, Tommaso Ciampa. In um in NXT when he when he was like he you know his his precious the belt um she she was kind of looking treating the belt like that and I like I also think that Bianca like the actual perfect finish would be for her to beat Becky in like thirty seconds you know like she did at SummerSlam but I don't think they're gonna do that at WrestleMania because I think the fans would look at that as being cheated out of a match so I do think they're gonna have like a real match and biancas such a great baby face that um, you know I think whether the fans are gonna cheer Becky when she comes out because that's just the natural Pavlovian reaction to the music and everything unless she changes the music which is very possible after that promo um, then the you know they but then as the match goes on I believe that Beck Becky's Be- 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 kh- offense and her viciousness, as well as Bianca's babyface selling, is going to get the crowd behind her. And I do think she's going to win. I I don't know about her. I do think there's a redemption story coming, but I think it might be a little longer than what Scott said. Because I do think that the idea right now is probably for Becky to be a heel against Ronda. But I don't know if you're going to be able to keep Ronda a baby face for a year. And I don't know if you're going to be able to keep Becky a heel for a year. So they may end up having to do that sooner and, and go with what Scott said. But I, I I think the idea right now is to go a full year and have Becky, you know, and then maybe after the Rhonda match is when she, realizes that she was missing the fans all along and and then that's when she does her redemption and maybe even you know like gets together with like bailey or something and and feuds with sasha and charlotte or who knows but uh yeah i'm i'm way more interested i agree that it should be the main event um obviously ronda rousey and her big ticket says that that probably has to be the main event unless it's stone cold Um, but I, I'm pretty sure that it's going to be Rhonda, like Rhonda in one main event and Brock and Roman in the other. And really Charlotte is like their female Roman in their eyes. I don't think that that's where even close to what she's at, but I think they think that's what she's at. Um, so her and Rhonda have to main event one night and then the other night would be obviously Roman and Brock.
0: Yeah. Well, here's hoping they have a damn good opener to kick off WrestleMania Saturday, and that will set the tone for the yeah. evening. But we'll get to Rhonda shortly, but mm mm. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. this has been a mess we'll get to that eventually but let's tackle the main event shall we so seth rollins is a man without a path to wrestlemania once again and this week he decides to hijack aj styles's match against edge at wrestlemania's night one or two still dodgy by wwe at this point online it says night two from smackdown on friday it says night Two or night one, it's confusing. They don't know what they're doing yet. We'll find out as we get closer to WrestleMania. But Seth wants AJ's match, and Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville are more than happy to give Seth one more chance to find his own way to WrestleMania by beating the phenomenal AJ Styles. And despite the lunacy of this storyline. The matchup, once again, was pretty damn good. Seth and AJ have tremendous chemistry together. The main event was great. The crowd in Chicago woke up for the key spots towards the end. And when AJ Styles goes for the Phenomenal Forearm edge appears no blue spotlight this week he swings a chair at AJ Styles' back draws the DQ and Seth Rollins' path to Wrestlemania is locked down once again because AJ remembered that oh shit edge wants me exclusively and at the same time Seth remembers that hey dude you broke into edge's house he's not going to give you a Wrestlemania match outright he remembers mm-hmm. now you made him better. You broke in his house. You drank his orange juice and his carton of milk, by the way. Put your feet on his table. You piss on his territory. So no WrestleMania match for you, son. And Seth Rollins lost his mind. He tore up the ringside area. He tore at the ring post, the barricade, flipped over the announce table, and said, "This is some bullshit. He deserves his match at WrestleMania. He deserves a WrestleMania moment." And Monday Night Raw would not start until he gets just that. Now, Saturday afternoon, there was a text message leaked by WWE social media that told Seth Rollins that he must report to Vince McMahon's office promptly at 9 a.m. Monday morning from the global headquarters. Now, what will this conversation be about? Is it Cody Rhodes related heading into possibly night two of WrestleMania. Is it true that Vince has adopted Cody as his son after all of this time? Is Cody gonna be a part of a new authority in WWE? And what role will Vince play in that? We usher in the American Nightmare for Night Two of WrestleMania. All of this is intriguing now as we head into the home stretch of WrestleMania. So, Paul, what are your thoughts on the main event of monday night raw and seth's alleged no path to wrestlemania
2: well the that last bit of news that you just said i i mean i had not heard that at all so um that's interesting and i have no idea where they're going to go with that um but in terms of Seth and and what he did, so I, I as I'm watching Raw unfold, and I watched it like almost live, so I I, I didn't know what was going to happen, and other than like I mentioned, like the Stone Cold thing, I because I, I started about an hour late, so I knew about that, but um, the. I just found like Seth Rollins like every week coming out and he's the master manipulator and he's the architect and all this stuff. And they put him over as just having this great mind. And all he's doing is like stealing other people's ideas, like, and thinking it's genius. Like, I don't know if that is like just brilliant parody or if it's, terrible storytelling I'm not sure which one it is but what I do know is that uh, finally at the end of Raw I was like like, I was believing the character of Seth Rollins being frustrated and being like, you know, just like, why can't I get onto WrestleMania? This is ridiculous. Like, you know, and, and this is bullshit and all that stuff he was doing. It was a little over the top and it wasn't as effective, I don't think, as a heel as, as his wife was. But it was much better than what he's been doing. Like, what he's been doing is... I mean, it's entertaining and it's funny, but it's like an opening card comedy kind of thing. You know, it'd be like um, Santino Morella, like back in the day, like trying to get onto WrestleMania or something is is almost what it felt like. But now, like he is basically like, what the hell's going on here? Like I'm a former world champion. I'm I'm the guy that this place runs around. Everybody has great matches with me and why can't I get on WrestleMania? Like this is bullshit. And And so I think... I think what's going to end up happening is, you know, like I, I wanted him to do this this week is to just cut a promo and saying, you know what, like nobody in this locker room wants to face me. How about if we could just get somebody from any locker room around the world, mm. any company in the world, just come out here and face me at WrestleMania, you know, if you want to match and then boom, that Cody's music hits. I mean, it'd be great if they could get his old AW music, but even if it was something from, you know, like his WWE pass that people recognize, um, Um, I think that all it has to be is sound somewhat similar to his old music and people are going to buy into it. Kind of like when Samoa Joe debuted and his music was close enough to his indie stuff that people just kind of took it as an extension. Like it's just got to be, you know, you can start with that. There's only one royal family, you know, like that you can't copyright that. Um, you know, and then, and then you just kick into like some new music for Cody. Um, and then, the, you know, I think the fans are just going to eat up the fact that they got to see like a big debut and boom, you've got your baby face, Cody, you got your heel, Seth, and you're going to have a killer match at WrestleMania because Cody's got something to prove. And Seth Rollins always delivers. So I, I think like, no matter what happens, this is going to be one of the highlights of WrestleMania weekend if that's what ends up happening
0: for sure and i can also see the roles being reversed too cody Highly favored by Vince and yeah, Seth. Maybe. And Seth three years ago was the guy that was, it's all about WWE. I'm a, I'm raving the flag. He was very obnoxious during that time period. And the fans turned on him for a bit. But that could be the switcheroo too. As we don't know why Vince would summon Seth to his office at headquarters Monday morning. We'll see come Monday night. But I do love that thread of what could be. Could Cody be aligned corporately with Vince and storyline? I would love to see it. It is quite interesting to see how this gonna, is going to play out heading into WrestleMania. And I think the fans will go crazy just for a graphic of Cody versus Seth at WrestleMania saying it's official, official, and we still won't see him until WrestleMania Sunday. So Scott, what are your thoughts on Seth Rollins blowing his stack and the possibilities of Cody possibly teasing a appearance on Monday or waiting outright until WrestleMania night two, most likely.
1: I um I told you both at the beginning of the show that uh, me and Big Daddy V had big plans coming. And uh, these are some of those big plans. You know that meeting that he's got with Vince? Robert Stone will be there on my behalf. So uh, we got big things coming WrestleMania weekend. No, in all seriousness, let's keep it 100. We all expect Cody. It's going to be Goldberg. It's Goldberg's going to be Seth Rollins' special opponent at WrestleMania. That's what's going to end up happening because you know WWE loves a swerve, so it's going to end up being like Goldberg or somebody. Now let's talk about the match. I'm just joking about that, everybody. Don't worry. I do not expect Goldberg to show up <laughs> at all. Okay. Um, as far as the match goes, can we can we talk about? Because one thing I don't like that WWE does, and even though this was a perfect time for a DQ finish, why? Would Edge wait 25 (laughs) minutes into the match to decide to come out and hit him with the chair. What if Seth Rollins would have hit the curb stomp just in the first three minutes? Was Edge going to run down there with the chair and like throw the chair in the ring and hope it hits Seth Rollins or hits (laughs) AJ Styles before he can get down there? Was he going to turn the lights off and just blue light his way down? Like, What exactly was his plan if Rollins were to get the early advantage? Because this was a long match and Rollins got a lot of good near fall. Great match, by the way. Fantastic, but... We're really waiting 20. Why wouldn't you just come out pre-match? Edge comes out and just destroys AJ Styles. You get the exact same effect. And then Edge can even be talking smack to Rollins while he's laying out AJ. You remember you was in my house? You drank my milk? This is for my milk. (laughs) <laughs> Bam! Smacks AJ with the chair. You remember that? I had to give my kids that in the morning. The, the stores were closed. You know I live in the middle of nowhere. We don't have Uber Eats. We don't have GoPuff. We don't have any of those delivery places. He could have been having, just talking smack to him. But no, we decide to let them have a 25-minute match before logic kicks in and Edge like, you know what? This is a really good match and it's really close. Let me go make sure I get AJ and piss off edge at the same time. I didn't like that. But the match was fantastic. As far as the Cody thing goes, I uh I don't know. I'm torn on whether I would want the graphic or whether I would just want Cody to show up because there is you know, we, we all know he's coming. And it could end up being like a Hardy Boys type surprise where the crowd just explodes. But then if you have that graphic and you know it's coming, then it's kind of like the Shinsuke Nakamura where you're anticipating it and you're waiting on it and that moment's coming and you just feel a different kind of energy. So I'm a little torn on that. I, I, I'm i fine either way. I, I'm excited about this. I just really hope that it is Cody and we don't get Goldberg at WrestleMania. <laughs>
0: even worse shane mcmahon which Ooh. was the original matchup oh. for wrestlemania that would really anger me like what if, we work the deal out son what if my what real if shane son.
1: comes back and we get shane versus cody
0: oh my god
1: for the, the right fight to be, to be added son. to the will
0: <laughs> <laughs> well listen it's a possibility you think that we are being facetious here saying that cody is not going to have a seat at the table I think he will. You never know. He has more autonomy than Shane at this point. He not even write it to WrestleMania, most likely. Like, you've done so bad. You can't go backstage. You can't produce. You can't even book a match at this point. Shane McMahon is down bad right now, but it better not be Shane because that was the original idea for WrestleMania, and I don't even know how that was possible. Shane versus Seth. Seth would have to do the Lord's work to really make Shane look good. And AJ Styles has done it before, five years ago at WrestleMania, but that was when Shane was five years younger. But this, mm -mm. no, 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 no. Thankfully, Cody is going to be here to save the day. If it's Goldberg, God help us all. <laughs> just saying as we make that smooth transition to NXT 2.0, which went down per the usual from the WWE performance center in Orlando, Florida. And I have to mention that for the first time in a minute, we got to hear glorious in all of its glorious glory by Robert Rude, the robe, the music CFOs got their money this week. They got the interesting played in its totality. I loved it. And it was a really good match that Rude had with Braun Breaker. Braun continues to impress. My only drawback is Don't make Robert Roode look weak 24 hours before his match by losing to Dominic Mysterio on Monday Night Raw. Book the man strongly from show to show to give the fans a reason to care. And that's why they was kind of dry because he knew the outcome was academic, but the body of the match, the notes were really good. Love the near falls of the spear to Rude, courtesy of Breaker, the glorious ZDT that Rude hit on Breaker as well. And when Rude went up top, which he really does, outside of a blockbuster, he gets caught with that pop-up, power slam, for the win. A great finish. And then (sighs) <sighs> Dolph Ziggler, reigning defending NXT champion, superkick, Braun Breaker. He tells him you'll see him at Send and Deliver, and we all know what's coming. We expect a great championship match in Dallas, which will see the official 5,000-seat coronation of Braun Breaker at long last. So, Paul, what are your thoughts on this match, which kicked off the second hour of NXT 2.0? I mean, I thought it was
2: a really good match. You know, I questioned the decision of having uh, Robert Roode losing the night before on Raw, um, you know, but I don't think it really mattered to the fans that were there or necessarily even the people watching. You know, I think everybody, everybody that's watching NXT at this point kind of knows the deal and figures okay you know what what happened on raw doesn't really matter in terms of nxt like we got to see an og nxt guy against you know the up-and-coming star and and this was i maybe brown breaker's best match i it's hard to say i'd have to go back and look i mean he's had some really good ones um And, and I mean, and this was, you know, a big win that he needed. There was a lot of like little things that Robert Roode was doing during this match that I think that, um, Braun Breaker is going to learn from and take it into this match with Dolph Ziggler that he's got coming up next weekend and we'll make that an even better match. So this was, you know, the use of Robert Roode here was, was just perfect. Of course, I love hearing the glorious theme music. I think we got to hear it like, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, like briefly, like they had a tag match and they played like five seconds of it. And then they just kicked into Dolph, Dolph's music. And I kind of was worried that's all we we're going to get here too. Cause they don't want to pay those royalties, but, um, you know, they luckily they paid for it. And, uh, I don't know, like I, I was, I feel like right now, like what we've been getting on NXT and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about NXT as we go on. But I mean, it's starting to feel a lot to me, like, You know, not necessarily the glory days of NXT, like 2015 to 2019, but definitely the 2013 to 2014 time, you know, when you would get like two or three good matches. Or in the one hour show, you'd usually get one really good match and then, you know, a couple decent ones. And we're getting like at least two good matches every week. And this was definitely one of them.
0: I've noticed that switch as well. That there's been less greenness, thankfully for NXT Level Up on Peacock, as we said should be the training ground for people not ready for TV. Here's hoping they adhere to that forever moving forward. As this show has been a lot better, there was a lot less fluff this week as well. There were some still some uh, moments, but mostly this is a show for the last two weeks that really had two or three matches that stood out in a good way. And Breaker and Rude was a prime example of that, and I really like the change in focus my perfect ideal nxt is a hybrid of black and gold and trying to find new stars for the future and Braun breaker definitely fits that category so scott what are your thoughts on this matchup with robert Roode bringing it back glorious style at least for one week
1: when I heard the song and it went past the preview that you get on Apple iTunes, <laughs> I the first person I thought of was you, Keel. I was like, oh, I know she is so happy right now. She's getting the full theme, the full music. They went ahead and paid that. The con came through. The con said, I got y'all this week. I'm going to take care of y'all this week. Uh, the matchup was, was fantastic. Uh, Braun Breaker has, I mean, let's... Uh, as far as matches in front of a crowd, he's probably had what fifty, maybe fifty at this point. I, I mean, I I think for what for the limited amount of experience he's had, and don't and he's definitely worked with some incredibly experienced guys some veterans who are great at the game but he has just been he has more than held his own um you know he he's never he never looks out of place he never looks lost at least to me you know I'm a novice eyes you know I've never been in the ring but for me as as a viewer he doesn't look lost out there he looks like he belongs in the ring with these guys and he to, for real, he looks like the next big thing. Like, that's, that's how you want him to come off, and that is how he comes off. Like, he comes off like a big deal. When he eventually does show up on Raw and SmackDown and makes that big move, I, I, he just has something about him where he feels like a big deal. Let's talk about Big Bob, Big Rob. Um, you know, I love the the little things he was doing during the match. Like when he when he went to pin Braun Breaker one time and he transitioned right into doing push-ups and was looking at him, you know, gave him, gave him a little taste of the Scotty right there. So I, I, I love uh, what Robert Roode has done. He's fantastic. You know, I mentioned it earlier. He's a guy, I just imagine if he could have, Really just established his roots in NXT and just been a, a top tier NXT guy, you know, as kind of the standard bearer like Ciampa was just if he could have been that with that group that came in, just he he's fantastic. So I was really happy to see that match. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about how he got pinned by one of the by one of the, the pillars in Dominic Mysterio. But uh <laughs> you know, that that's a whole another subject. Last time I talked to Ill Will about a Mysterio, I got you know kicked off the, the feed, so I won't say anything bad about him this time. I don't wanna get kicked off the show. Uh but the, the match was fantastic. I'm actually really looking forward to him and Dolph. I think it'll be really good and uh, you know, I was kinda hoping Bobby Roode would end up getting a match on the card somehow. I you know, I he don't have nothing to do. He's he's right there. He ain't got nothing else to do. So I would have liked <laughs> for him to get a match, but you know, we can't get everything we want.
0: Now,
2: can I can I say something here? Sure. You you said uh fifty. He's had twenty two matches. That's um, incredible in his career. I know and I'm looking at I'm looking at his list right now. Fourteen of the matches that he's had has had Tommaso Ciampa in them, either as a tag team partner or an opponent. He's also five of his last six matches have been with Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Now, you, you how much better of a wrestler is he going to be from having these matches with these incredibly talented performers, as opposed to the other company, which throws them on YouTube and wrestles, you know, like you know enhancement talent or just nowhere near the caliber of talent of this. Like this is one thing that NXT is absolutely doing right, in uh, you know having this guy who they're pagan as the future working with these incredible talents and becoming you know he's like he's probably maybe like a top you know 50 wrestler on north american television right now because of of how much experience he's getting working with these guys
0: and he's been doing this less than a year which is frightening yeah september, september was his first batch six months crazy he, he was sitting at the pc training off camera and yeah It's incredible. It's truly amazing to see his growth. And he's what, 24, 25 years old? He's only going to get better. That's a pillar. He's not in his prime yet. That's a pillar. That's a
2: pillar. That is a pillar. pillar.
0: Yes. And Vince, like I said, that walkthrough, he was anointed that day.
2: Yeah. And you know what? It's he, he was right. <laughs> he was. You know, like whatever you want to say about NXT and, and some of the stuff they did at the very beginning, you know, and they just completely overhauled everything that everybody loved. I mean, they took this guy that was sitting around doing pushups and said, you're going to be the champion
1: and boom. Here we are. Yeah, if I remember yeah. correctly, he was the first person to show up on 2.0, right? Yep. He yeah. was the first guy. Y- LA Knight? Yeah, he was yeah. the first yeah. match. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me talk to you. <laughs> let me, let me yeah. talk to you. And, and look at what yeah. LA Knight's done. Now he's the biggest baby yeah. on the brand.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it it is crazy. But like, Paul, you you bring that up and like that is genuinely crazy that like you you just watch him and and he's he's just he's just a natural in there, man. Like, yeah, I am. I am curious to see, though, because that is a very interesting stat. You bring up that 14 of his matches have involved Tommaso Ciampa. I am very curious to see what happens when he does face somebody as with as much or close to as much experience as him, another one of the younger guys, and he has to kind of carry the match. I am curious to see how that goes now. Yeah. He's
2: had none of that. I mean, I'm looking at the list right now and, you know, Santos Escobar, Johnny Gargano, uh, Andre Chase, you know, would be the closest, but even he's been around for a long time, um, you know, on the Indies. So, yeah, he hasn't wrestled like, you know, and even in the tag Grizzled Young Veterans, Pete Dunne, um, you know, like, it's just crazy the way they've been just molding smart. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and he's definitely holding up his in as well. It's just it's just two-person show, and he's definitely holding up his in and then some by being absolutely special with the things he can do in the ring for his experience level, which will get better in the years to come. And that's one of the good things about Tupadon. You find a diamond in a rough like a Braun Breaker, who I did not know was Rex Steiner because they changed his goddamn name night one. I was thrown off. I'm not gonna lie. Like who the fuck is Braun Breaker? Oh Bronson well, yeah. steiner the really took you two seconds yes. when he's like, I here. thought about <gasps> it. Yes, <laughs> I said, oh, he went to Kennesaw State, and you changed his fucking name. The yeah. best name I you got. I watched him play. Yes, I watched him play. I, I'm sure you did too. Yeah, yeah. Hey,
2: we we got that on uh one of the, one of the uh, cable channels up here.
0: Yeah, I was like, okay, the name threw me off, but I know the face very well, and like he's has it and it's just amazing to see him grow and flourish on 2.0 and speaking of growing and flourishing let's talk about a kid shall we and that this is one of the more frustrating things i have to say about this week's 2.0 and i love a kid i thought in my humble opinion he wrestled circles around grayson waller i thought he should have won the match go to the ladder match just and deliver for a shot at the north american championship ladder match style He loses, of course. He gets a second chance match against Roderick Strong and Cameron Grimes this upcoming Tuesday to make it to stand and deliver. Here's my thing. Week one, he's up against Kushida. He wins, but he gets no entrance. He's just in the ring. Second week, he gets his music, but no formal entrance, and he loses. Week three, he will most likely lose again to Cameron Grimes, who is trying to win a championship in honor of his late father. If you're trying to tell a story with Cameron Grimes and you're going to crown him the new North American champion, presumably at San and Deliver, why would you debut a kid in the middle of a storyline line that tugs at the heartstrings? Was there a need for a kid to be on this show prior to Stand and Deliver. Why not wait until post-Stand and Deliver to reset post-WrestleMania season, get him on the show, rack him up with wins and let him be a difference maker on Tuesday nights. Why debut him a month ahead of Stand and Deliver and you're going to have him lose week two, lose week three, and he'll be an afterthought when he is really better than half of this fucking roster. It's very confusing to me. You're not forced to do this. You have a choice to do the right thing via competent booking, Which did not exist for a kid this week or this upcoming week for that matter. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on the presentation of a kid on 2.0 thus far?
1: Oh, man. They did great video packages on him. They hyped him up. He has a really good match with Kushida. You know, you bring him in versus Grayson. And, you know, once they announced this match, I was like, well, this is a bad idea. I mean, you have two guys who shouldn't be losing. Grayson Waller shouldn't be losing any matches. He's he's been built up as probably your top heel on the entire brand. A kid shouldn't be losing because he's a guy that you should be building up as one of your future top guys on this top on this brand. And you bring up Cameron I'm glad you mentioned the Cameron Grimes thing because I was going to talk about it. He's talking about, you know, how he's doing this for his, his father who passed into the last and that was the last thing he talked about was him being a, you know, a WWE superstar. And now he's trying to, you know, win a title in his name. So he, he can't lose. He, there's no way he can lose this triple threat match next week. So what do you do with a kid? You know, are we going to have him versus Roderick Strong at the at standing liver? Because that'd be a great match. But why does he need to lose two matches to get there? You know, we, why do, why do you need to lose matches to get to a, to build to a big match when you're just debuting? Like that could be done with a simple backstage seven segment. You know, Malcolm Bivens comes in, talks some smack, a kid smacks Malcolm Bivens. There's Roderick strong. We have a match. Bam. Boom. We're done. Nobody has to eat an L. I mean, I just did that in 10 seconds. You, I mean, just imagine what you guys could do if you really thought about an idea for a kid to get him on the card. I mean, this it's crazy. So now we're not going to have a kid on the card. We're not going to have Roddy on the card. I mean, that's really, that, that's, that's unfathomable to me that you would have those two guys not on the card, not wrestling each other. I mean, what is what is the mindset there? I, I, I you want to put on the best match as possible. You're trying to sell out this big arena for this show. Why wouldn't you have a match like that when you know it's going to be wrestling purists there? You know, oh, Roderick Strong versus a Kid. Yeah, I'll go to that in the morning. You need stuff like this to attract those fans, and this is a match that would do that. And so I, I, I have I don't understand what they're doing with a Kid, the present. Everything about the presentation until he was actually presented was really good. everything after he has been presented has just been like what are we doing what what's the game plan here like you debut this guy and and now what now he's now he's just he's literally just a guy he he's literally just a kid on the roster he's not even a kid anymore he's just a kid on the roster what what do you do i mean you know it's it's whatever it's it's two 2.0 the A champion's gonna end up losing. Cameron Grimes gets his redemption story, but I, what do we do with a kid going forward?
0: I know, but I know what Chuck Williams is gonna do. Get a mama. <laughs> which, was, which was tremendous, by the way. I love that line, Trick Williams. One of the best finds on 2.0, and that line was tremendous. It could not save a kid from losing, but it's often the blow just a touch for the greatness of Trick Williams on the mic alone. So, Paul, <laughs> we are two weeks into the A-Kid experiment. Week three is always a test for WWE Loyalists. Will it flop? Will it be a hit? Will he be simply insignificant on this show by the time send and deliver rolls around do you still have hope for a kid or should he go back to nxt uk and thrive there because right now nxt usa isn't doing it much for me
2: so when, when I heard that A-Kid was coming to NXT, like I've, I, I'm have one of the few people that actually watches NXT UK every week, and he is one of the highlights of that show. Uh, oh, it has been ever since he signed, I think, two and a half years ago. And I, um, I as soon as they announced that he was coming, like I liked the video package that they did, but I said this dude has no chance here. He is just not at all what this guy, this company as a whole and you know even this brand in a micro is about like he's he's a good wrestler but his look is very generic he can't do a promo he doesn't really have a character so for me it's like he's you know pete dunn but not as established as Pete Dunne, and if Pete Dunne came along now, he would last like three weeks. Um, the, the only reason he got over is because he had those killer matches in NXT UK, and then came over and during the original Black and Gold and was positioned properly. So I'm not surprised. I'm just surprised at how fast it happened. And even like you guys have mentioned, you know, like the fact that he lost is one thing. This was like 30 second squash. Like, this was, you know, like two moves, boom, stunner, match is over. And then right away, he's in another match. And we're supposed to believe okay, we've got Roderick Strong, who is like a former multi time champion, a 20 year veteran, you know, a killer dude. We've got Cameron Grimes, who has this incredible story of, you know, trying to please his dad and become a champion and all this stuff. And we've got a kid. And and, you know, oh, and he, you know, and, and he's mad that he lost, Um, you know, so of those three, I don't see a kid winning this match. So it's going to be, you know, another loss for him. Um, if you really wanted to push him, like Scott brought up, like never mind what you would do with Grayson Waller and a kid, just don't book the match. Just like we said earlier with Ricky Starks and, and, uh, um, I already forgot his name cause it doesn't matter anymore. Swerve Scott. Um, <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, he like, you know, if you want a kid in the match, give him a match against, you know, I don't know, like anybody, uh, you know, uh, Bodie Williams, you know, Andre Chase, you know, whatever. Um, and have him get an impressive win or even Kushida, you know, have, but have a good match last week, you know, Kushida won last week. Why isn't he in this qualifying match? You know, like it just, it doesn't make sense. And it's like they had like 10 people to choose from to put in this four person match. And it's like, they picked the four worst ones. Um, you know, like solo Sakoa beat Roderick strong. I don't know about that, you know, Grayson Waller. Okay. I like him. Um, and I, I can't remember who beat Cameron Grimes. Um, do you guys? Santos Escobar. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I love that too. So, okay. So it's not the four worst guys, but I mean, I thought it was going to be Cameron Grimes, Santos Escobar, and, um, and a kid, like, I just thought, you know, those three or Roderick Strong and those, you know, any combination of those against, uh, Carmelo Hayes. And we're going to have just this killer match, um, as it is, I'm sure the match is going to be fine and maybe even very, very good. Um, you know, with Santos Escobar and, Carmelo Hayes in there. I don't think you can help but have a great match and whoever ends up in there out of the other three, you know, and then Solos Um, you know <laughs>
1: that, that's that was a decision they made.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oofs. Oofs. Yeah, um, baby use. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, what? he might even win. Um, So I, you know, I'm less excited about this match than I was before this week. So maybe it wasn't a good idea to do what they did. But I, I regardless of whatever happens, like, if we're still talking about a kid, like being in WWE a year from now, I'll be shocked because I just I don't see him lasting. I I and I love a kid and I wish it wasn't this way, but I just I don't think he has a hope in hell on the main roster. And in on this NXT, if you if you're not a star in 6 months, you're done. So,
1: yeah. He's going to have to get on a tag team. I Maybe. I think that's his yeah. best bet. is just to find a partner that he really gels with and to just form a, some type of fun. I mean, they need a new He top. could Baby go in tag. with. He could go in with Legado del Fantasma,
2: you know, with the you know, Hispanic, you know. That wouldn't be Spanish, the worst thing. so
0: no. No. But yeah, I I thought the same thing when he lost on Tuesday as Paul did. Like I don't see a kid long for a, for a WWE could be AEW bound headlining Elevation. In a year or so stop. possible yeah <laughs>
2: listen he wouldn't
1: headline come on <laughs> stop it stop it
2: no you know what the perfect place for him would be like i mean other than back where he was in nxt uk would be like on on, on njpw strong yes, like, for sure you know um yeah
0: i like that idea but you know he could Headline: Dark Elevation on a random Monday night yeah. on YouTube.
2: I, 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 but I, I do. I love a kid. Don't get me wrong. I just, it's not a good fit.
0: I love him too, and I thought the same thing you did. I had no hope, and the fact he wrestled circles around Grayson Waller for two minutes and lost, I was like, "Fuck, it's still about size, isn't it?" Damn it! But that's a two-minute match too. <laughs> yeah. And and Sangha. So, oh Jesus. See. <laughs> see these this is why Paul needs to come back. Paul Levesque. Like this yeah. this way the philosophy. If it ain't big, it ain't right. And I just it ain't right. Yeah. It ain't right, but I'm gonna leave it alone. As we celebrate. So, and that is big and talented and strong and will chop the soul out of your body. And I'm talking about Gunther versus Duke Hudson. This was beautiful violence on display. And Persia Parada put her man in the line of fire. And Indy Hartwell loved every moment of it. See, this is why I love Indy as a character, because she stood by, gave the thumbs up. Good job, Persia. Get your man killed by Gunther. I love this match. Gunther, Walter, whatever you want to call him. He is so great. Chopped the soul out of this man. The fans stood up. They said, holy shit. They was in awe. Duke fired off his German suplex and lived to tell about it for a minute. Then Walter went in the corner and chopped his ass ass again and again and those fans went crazy hit the power bomb for the win it was a beautiful beat down and then la Knight pretty much signed his death certificate basically saying i want you as and deliver punches walter walter's laid out for a night it won't last too much longer and poor la night of this is a send-off to the main roster my God, you're going to learn a lesson you've never learned before LA Knight. And that lesson is pain dished out by Gunther. So, Paul, what are your thoughts on Gunther versus Duke Hudson?
2: Oh, my goodness. So everything I said about a kid when uh, when they announced that Walter, you know, later Gunther was coming to NXT full time. I said, you know, like, this guy is perfect for the main roster. When I saw him show up with a new body and, like, he's basically, like, He's like a Greek god now. Like he's got abs. He's like still got that mass, and he's got the great look. And he can cut a promo. Vince is gonna love this dude, and he is not gonna be long for NXT either because I fully expect him to be on the main roster. I don't think he's gonna win the WWE title, but he's gonna be having killer matches with Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, uh, Bobby Lashley. You know, take your pick and just imagine it. And I mean, I I just. Like, Like, that dude is just money. I mean, Duke Hudson, they've been trying to figure out what to do with this guy for years. I mean, he was Brennan Duke in that tag team. He was, I think, he was even goes back further than that and then he's a poker player and he's a ladies man and he's all this stuff and now he's just a punching and bag and it was awesome and he fired back too so i mean um walter gunther his chest was red by the end of this and i think he was loving it and we have um there's people in our fighting group maybe even listening to the show that go to these shows and they said like when that chop happened like it was like a gunshot like, and they just stood up and it was like, oh my God, like that's the best thing we've seen in, you know, two years of being going to this PC and hopping in a little bus. It made it all worthwhile. Brian Alvarez and Vinny Verheye, who like shit on this show every week, said the last you know, not six months of NXT 2.0 was all worth it to get to this. I mean, I forgive everything they've done from then <laughs> till now to just for this match. I mean, it was incredible. And, uh, I recorded that chop. I said, if this happened on dynamite, like we wouldn't hear the end of it for like six months because uh, you know, and, and as it is like, it's getting traction just from NXT. So, you know, good for that. I am so pumped for Walter slash Gunther and what he's going to do. And, and, you know, with these two guys flanking him that are like, they're Greek gods and they're made for the main roster. Like this is like a new generation of Seamus and Cesaro is, um, is, is, uh, the, these two guys, Mark Bartel and, uh, the other guy eichner Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm an old man sorry um but i'm I'm just super excited about these guys and and what the future holds and i don't think they're gonna be on nxt very long but i think we're gonna be seeing them on the main roster for a little while
0: yeah these are the horny hours i live for imperium (laughs) that's what i live for on tuesday nights that's my thing the horny hours. Yes, that's what we call it. Is that what you yeah, said? the horny
1: hours of the after week. nine PM.
0: After nine PM. That's when the thing okay. turns up and we just get real freaky. okay.
2: So so last week it was uh it was the uh the kissing thing and this week it's Vulture Chocolate. Yes. That's your that's your porn for this. Yes. Take your pick, you know, take your okay. pick. Okay, All
0: right. Yes, it is the equivalent of sex and it is fantastic. Right. <laughs> this is the porn I love. All right. Gunther... Uh. Chopping the shit out of people. Is he wrestling on? Oh yeah, he's wrestling L.A. Night.
2: Yes. I made the comment on like as soon as I figured out that they were, and this was last week. As soon as they figured out that I was having the match, I tweeted like, "Take my money! Like I want to see Gunther chopping the shit out of L.A. Night, and
1: yeah, yeah, every chop be great. He's (laughs) because that's what he's gonna do. He's gonna take one and be like, yeah." Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's gonna be great. That's that's a great. Let call. me talk to you. Let me talk yeah. to you. <laughs> oh my god. Hang on, that's great. Hang on,
2: I, I got. Hang on, just wait a second. Oh, that's a great I call. i here. <laughs> yeah, hang on. Um, sorry, this is. I'm taking too long for this setup.
1: Let me talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's, uh, he's gonna smack him in the face. Yeah. That's how it's going to go though. That's that's yes. 30 seconds yep. of the match right there for real. And and this is awesome.
2: <laughs> this is awesome. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I'm getting geared up for uh, being at the K. Hutchins Civic Center or whatever the hell it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Scott, go. Yes,
0: go, Scott, as I am only imagining (laughs) Gunther talking in a very thick Austrian accent saying, yeah, as he chops the ever-loving shit out of L.A. Night. Because Gunther is a low-key shit talker, and I love him for it. So, Scott, thoughts on Gunther destroying poor
1: Duke Hudson? Well, let me talk to you real quick. Um, so, yeah, no no doubt. Gunth, I could definitely see LA Knight doing it one time because you're right, Keela. Then Gunther's going to be like, oh, yeah? And then he's just going to start chopping him repeatedly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all you're going to hear. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we got that to look forward to. Um, I, I want to say this about this match, though. I think Duke Hudson might have just got himself a main roster spot too, because he's either he's a lot bigger than I thought he was, or maybe Gunther's not as tall as I th- as I thought he was. Because Duke Hudson looked look right in pla- right plate right in place with Walter right or right beside him. Like he didn't look out of place. Suplexing him, it what you know. So I thought Duke. Duke Cutson looked pretty good taking that, uh, taking that tail whipping that he took, and he fought back. Like you mentioned, Paul, he, had, he chopped up Walter a couple times, too. And you could see when he chopped him that one time across the chest, Walter looked at him, chopped him down, shrugged that chop off. That was probably my favorite part of the match, before the, before the uh, shotgun blast went off. But <laughs> when he when he shrugged and wiped that one chop off, that was fantastic. This reminded me of uh, when Daniel Bryan and Roderick Strong were having that chop battle. And I think it was the greatest Royal Rumble ever in Saudi Arabia Like when Daniel Bryan first came back. And they were just—it was like a minute of them two just chopping each other. And Daniel Bryan's chest— looked like he just smeared ketchup all over his and was just rubbing it on his chest all day, then laid out on the sun for 30 minutes. It was absolutely disgusting. This match was, was exactly what it should have been. Indy one of the best facials in the game i mean the the thumbs up was like this was great dexter and can we can we to go back a minute and talk about how dexter oh. was able <laughs> to draw gunther by drawing straight up and down lines for 230 seconds and then he went straight across for the other 10 yeah. and somehow we got a beautifully done face with all these lines from the corners all around that i didn't see him draw So I only saw four lines being drawn the entire time. So I don't know if, and also what kind of marker was he using that he was able to do that without even turning (laughs) the page and no marks was on the page. Was the was the ink dry? What happened there? I need to know. I need answers. A lot of questions. Duke Hudson's reactions to it was like, (laughs) what is he doing? (laughs) He's drawing on nothing good happens when he draws. (laughs) that wasn't bad actually but but him just him just drawing straight lines and then coming out with that can can we at least act like we're drawing somebody (laughs) i'm sorry it's a little thing i know i'm sorry no
0: it's true though because i thought the same thing like no way in the hell he drew that that fast bob ross could never but i digress he could never do it like Dexter Loomis did drawing Gunther in 30 seconds or less with the same color marker, even though Gunther was at least two different colors. I didn't even think about that. You're right. Yes. Very talented. Magic marker at its best. Very talented. <laughs> yes, he is. As we segue into my least favorite thing on this fucking show, which was the main event. And I love EO Shirai, Kaylee Ray, Wendy Chu, and Dakota Kai very much. But let me talk to you to quote LA Knight. So you're going to do a dusty cup for the ladies two years in a row. And the cup doesn't mean a goddamn thing. Fuck the cup. Fuck the women's tag team titles. Let's go after the women's championship but let's go after mandy rose instead and most likely Gigi dolan is injured she did not get involved in the fight involving toxic attraction and kaylee ray neoshirai she walked away she do some champagne and she walked away so clearly she's injured if you knew that dating back to vengeance day then you have a tag team win the tournament put them on ice until Gigi's cleared. then do the match on nxt and then you have mandy cost eo and kaylee ray their match during round two give Casey and JoJo the win, let them move on to the finals, be a real tag team, win the damn cup, and win the titles eventually. That's how you tell the story. Instead, Cora Jade loses her singles match. It's a shoehorn fatal four-way match, which is probably for the best because... You know, it was looking kind of shaky as a singles match. But if you know things ahead of time, then simply book accordingly. You, Shawn Michaels, as you show runner, dictate the pace of this show. You control your narrative effectively, mostly do better This was stupid, and you pissed all over the Dusty Cup again. Like, what's the point of fighting for a cup that you don't care about in the end? You get confetti, but you don't want the tag team titles. What a waste of time. What a waste of four weeks of my life that I cannot get back. Scott, your thoughts, please, on this clusterfuck of a main event.
1: Uh, My first thought is, who okayed that? You know, who who gave them permission to just be like, Hey, you know what? Let me cash this in hey, we don't want the tag titles. Let me just jump into the main event. Cause I mean, Ricochet and Alistair Black are probably sick right now. Dag, we could have <laughs> got in the NXT title match instead of facing the War Raiders? Man, <laughs> what are we doing? We blew that one. The Creed... Malcolm Bivens like, Yo, we could have got in the title match too. What are we doing? I mean, who, who said that they could do that? Like, they didn't even... And you didn't even mention... They didn't mention in the promo, like, they didn't even say... Why wouldn't you just say, like, yeah, we talked about it before we got into the tournament. We said that we were going to do this. No. You, you, just, you just start making up rules as you go. I mean... How dis? why don't even have the Dusty Cup next year? Because one, it, you had to just make about six of the eight teams in the cup. So that was your first problem. And then you have a couple teams who have good chemistry. Cora and Raquel, I thought, had one of the best, some of the best chemistry in the entire tournament. You mentioned KC and JoJo. That's a real team who has gotten better. You know, it probably could have used a couple wins to really solidify themselves. Indian Parada, that's a real team, and I. But you want to further this story with Duke and and Dexter drawing, you know, being an artist drawing straight up and down lines instead of focusing on them as a tag team. So you have tag teams, even Wendy Chew and Dakota Kai. There's a story there, you know, with them becoming this team. So, you know, you've you've been able to build four teams, and you make it all worthless by having the team that actually wins not want to be a team but instead now go after singles titles. So if I'm Cora Jade, I'm certainly not coming in to help you. Why would I come in there and help you after you just bum-rushed my title match? That Get beat down. <laughs> Y'all get beat down. Then when they leave, I'm coming down to beat you down for jumping in my title match. I, it, none of this makes sense. Why not just have Cora and and uh, Raquel win the tournament, they've been going after Toxic Attraction, have them win the tournament, go after the tag titles, and you could still have Io and Kaylee Ray go into the, have a triple threat against Mandy Rose. Because now when you have, if Cora's supposed to win, if this is supposed to be her crowning moment, which I assume was the whole point of this, was to, you know, usher in this new movement, Bron Breaker, Cora Jade, the Creed Brothers, you know, usher in this new era of talent, now it's It's just not going to mean as much coming in some random fatal four-way. Just the decisions that are being made, they just, they baffle me.
0: Yeah, and that was definitely a choice by WWE and not a good one. So, Paul, what are your thoughts on the closing angle of 2.0, which made not a bit of sense?
2: Well, I mean, the fact that it made not a bit of sense actually makes sense if you think about it. And I'll explain why. Court Jade's an idiot. Um, I mean, (laughs) that's basically her character the whole time. So for her to all of a sudden do something that makes sense right now, then I would be saying, well, wait a second. She's always been an idiot. Why would she all of a sudden actually figure out that this screws her? Like, for her to be um, doing that, that's remarkably consistent with her character. Um, So kudos to them for that. Um, And... (laughs) You know, as far as, you know, you know, I mean, the real reason I think and Keely, you hinted at this, I mean, is the fact that I th- I'm pretty sure Gigi Dolan is is hurt and that's why she- they can't defend the titles. But um, I mean, if it's a choice of having a match, a singles match between Cora and Mandy and then a tag team match between Gigi and JC against EO and uh, Kaylee. Or having a four way with EO, Kaylee, Cora and Mandy, I'll gladly take the latter. Um, So for me, like it's it it makes no sense, but that's fine because none of this ever makes any sense and we're getting a better match out of it. So I'm cool with it. I mean, I'm not I'm not thinking too hard about
0: this. It's NXT. Yes. And that's a very. Cora's an idiot. (laughs) She's an idiot. Well, listen, when you go to the most dangerous place in the PC, the parking lot to steal a car then you deserve to get your ass beat. You don't go to the most dangerous place in WWE and get set up that way. And then help the people that stole your championship match. You are an idiot.
2: You really are. Yeah, and not just that. I mean, going back to begging Raquel to be in this tournament and then complaining when she had to train, and I—I I mean, you know, and, uh, You're you know, right, hiding man. under, yeah, like she's, you know, and and sitting down in the ring with her, pretending that her arm was sore for 20 minutes of a war games match, like she's a complete moron. I mean, it's between her and Julia Hart for Geek of the Year, but um, you know, I, I think I'm going with Cora.
0: Yes. So she's running away with it right now, and as you mentioned, Fatal Four Way is a step up from the singles match. But how they got about it was dumb, and I cannot forgive them for that. Because poor Dusty Cup just sitting there all by lonesome. (laughs) Don't mean shit last year. Don't mean shit this year. Will it mean shit next year? We'll see in twenty twenty three. As we segue to Friday night SmackDown on Fox going down live for the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. And I thought this was to quote MJF, a very mid edition of SmackDown one week away before WrestleMania going down in big Dallas, Texas. And, you know... The main event, allegedly, for night one will be Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And I have been trying my best to give Ronda Rousey a hall pass. I've tried to be kind. I've tried to be gentle. I've tried to be understanding. I can no longer do any of those things. And I heard... The promo on SmackDown. And she was just so monotone and lethargic. And she got mad that the SmackDown Women's Championship was a women's championship. It should be the SmackDown Championship. And Ronda Rousey talks to Charlotte via satellite. And there is no energy. There is no life. And Charlotte Flair is trying her damnedest to make this feud count for something. The physicality has been fine. But it's been heatless on the mic. And I just miss Ronda Rousey from 2018. The five she had on the mic was she a great promo no but at least she spoke with conviction and confidence i see none of that and paul Heyman's right there every friday night where is the coaching something is missing and i don't care about this match at wrestlemania now i know charlotte flair is going to deliver on saturday night she's going to put on a show because she is there for all of the big moments Will Ronda Rousey be there? Will she be present? Will Ronda Rousey get into a shoot fight with Charlotte Flair? Because Charlotte don't play. We'll see. But the build, the promos, the fights, I have not been feeling. And that promo by Ronda Rousey on a live mic in Brooklyn drove me almost to the point of saying, Fuck this feud officially. I'm almost there. We'll get there at WrestleMania most likely. But right now, I'm just not feeling it whatsoever. What are your thoughts on this build up so far, Paul, heading into WrestleMania night one next Saturday?
2: Well, I've been defending the build for this for, I don't know, feels like a month and I've been really into the, this, and you talked about the physicality and that's the stuff I've been into. Um, the last two weeks of Charlotte, you know, um, laying out Rhonda and having her in trouble and Rhonda refusing to quit like that to me was selling me on the match and the Rhonda's mean face and wanting to get revenge on Charlotte. This week, I mean, this took me back to the promo that she did the night after the Royal Rumble, where, you know, like, I think the problem was, was she just wasn't feeling it. And she has a really hard time delivering lines when she doesn't believe what she's saying. And that, that's what happened here. And, uh, you know, it's too bad. And because it's live, they can't really do anything about it. Um, I, You know, and again, like, I think the fans actually really want to cheer Rhonda. They like her. But she comes off unlikable in, in a lot of this stuff. Like, and, and, it last night as we're recording this um friday night was um an example of that and uh you know and it's it's too bad because i mean this is probably the go home angle because i think next week is you know it's kind of like a pre-show for wrestlemania so I, I we're gonna get some video packages but i don't know that we're gonna actually hear anything from charlotte or ronda so this is the last impression we got of what i've already said is probably the main event of night one and um uh, you know that hurts it now when her music hits and you know and there's 70,000 people in uh, Arlington Stadium or whatever it's called AT&T um, you know, I think, you know, all will be forgiven. And if they have a great match, then that's all anybody's going to remember. But I mean, going in, I'm definitely less interested in this than I was even a week ago.
0: And I still think she carries resentment from 2019 when the fans turned yeah. on her. I, it, it dates back, honestly, to the Survivor Series when Charlotte Flair beat her in a hometown with that kendo stick and brutalized her and the fans cheered at her demise. And she's been angry ever since. And Wanda Rousey here's a message. This ain't real. The fans are fickle. They do what they do. They say what they say and then they'll love you when you come back. And you gotta let that shit go. You gotta let it go. You have to be able to embrace them because they love you right now. And who is gonna cheer Charlotte Flair over you? That might change come Saturday because of how the vibe's going right now for this matchup. But you gotta get out of that. This isn't real. You're playing a role on TV. Embrace it. Feel it. If you wanna be a heel, save it for Becky Lynch at WrestleMania next year in LA. Right now, your job is to be a babyface and the promos you're cutting right now, I don't want you with a championship representing SmackDown. Hell no not when you're having that kind of energy it just isn't working for me scott is it working for you heading into wrestlemania night one next saturday
1: no i uh, closed my eyes and thought it was von wagner cutting a promo um <laughs> no it, it, this is um i i this has not been good and this goes back to my point i brought up i think it was last week Th- this match really would benefit from starting the show off from kicking the show off Paul you talked about the reaction that Rhonda's going to get when she comes out I don't know if she gets that kind of reaction if it's the closing part of the show. I mean, this would come after Stone Cold and Kevin Owens. This would come after all of that. I don't know if she gets that kind of reaction. I don't know if... Th- I think that they can put on a great match, but I don't know if the crowd would be willing to accept that match, to accept a Ronda match when she's just really going to go... I mean, Ronda's going to tap Charlotte out. That's that's the end game here. But I think if you have it as the opening match, you know, you have a little bit more intrigue, I think, there because... When you're the opening match, you can do things a little bit differently. You can play with things a little bit more. Charlotte can squeak one out in the opening match, you know, and and the fans' reaction will be completely different. They're going to be excited. This is a big first big match on the show. We got Ronda Rousey off top. They're going to be hot one way or another. And even if they start booing the hell out of Ronda Rousey and cheering Charlotte. You can still play off of that because the crowd will still be hot. They'll still be energized. And let me t- we and Keila, you've brought this up plenty of times on this show. Charlotte Flair is one of the best at taking any type of reaction she gets and just feeding off of it. And and people can knock her and say what they want about her about her being over pushed, shoved down her throats. She's still one of the best women wrestlers in all of wrestling. Just she's one of the best wrestlers in wrestling. She always puts on a good match when the lights are on. So I uh, I don't expect anything different when it comes to this WrestleMania match, but I really think they would benefit going on first.
0: Agreed. And we'll see. Vince can change his mind five times, 10 times through now and next Saturday, and the match order will change. And I cannot wait to see how this shakes out. But after Ronda's promo on SmackDown and her holding a championship and feuding with Sasha Banks and Naomi, perhaps, and maybe Sonya Deville again. Oh, Lord, I'm worried. I'm very worried as her as champion if she does not up the emotion on the mic and try to give a damn as a babyface. Because right now it simply is not working. And I saw Scott got into some debates the last few days over some things regarding the United States and IC titles not being defended at WrestleMania. Instead, Ricochet would defend his Intercontinental Championship against Angel and Umberto on WrestleMania SmackDown this upcoming Friday from Dallas, Texas. And Finn Balor is a part of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale going down on WrestleMania SmackDown as well. And we had the Damon versus Demon matchup set to go at WrestleMania. I guess it's not happening now. And it was definitely surprising. And my only issue is this, in that it's two nights of WrestleMania and you could have eight matches each night and you can still find space for these two title matches. There is a fun stat about the IC title not being defended since last year at WrestleMania on a pay-per-view. Or premium live event. That is not a good stat. And if you have two nights of WrestleMania, every championship should absolutely be defended, barring injury. And there is this issue of pushback against celebrities. I am of this mindset. If there was not a celebrity influence the WrestleMania 1, there would not be WrestleManias 2 through 38 today. Celebrities, they make a difference. If they have respect and reverence for this business, I'm fine. I love Pat McAfee. The fans love Johnny Knoxville, so do I. I don't care about Logan Paul. No one does in terms of WWE fans because they boo this guy, and WWE's going to make him a babyface as he punches out The Miz, most likely. That'll make me happy, but I still hate Logan Paul. So in this case, he's going to make me feel sorry for the Miz, so fuck him for that. But in all seriousness, (laughs) it's like celebrities have their purpose on WrestleMania, but at the exact same time, if you have two nights of WrestleMania... All of your titles should be defended. If this was back in the day when you have one night for eight hours, then maybe you can specialize a SmackDown or a Raw to get the matches you would have had at WrestleMania on TV instead. And it's a way to appease, US, to appease USA and Fox as well, heading into the biggest two nights of the year. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on the titles that should be on WrestleMania but aren't and your take on what should WWE moving forward with these two nights of WrestleMania when you don't have time for all of your championships to be defended? Offended.
1: Yeah, this uh, this weekend I definitely woke up and chose violence on Twitter for some reason. I don't know why. I was just, you know, I was like, yeah, I think I, I got time today. But, you know, it's it's and it's not that I don't want them defended because I even pitched on this show, I would have loved to have Finn Balor, you know, or Edge and Finn Balor happen for the U.S. title. And, you know, that's how you know elevate a title. You make the big names go after it. But... I'm kind of of the mindset, you know, if if you don't have a plan for Rick, like if you don't have a, a a name like a Drew McIntyre. If it's not somebody like that going after the IC title with Ricochet, I, you know, I don't need a random match. Like I don't need Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. That happened a couple of years ago. That was like 35 seconds. I don't need Rey Mysterio versus JBL. That was like 18 seconds for the IC title. You know, I I don't I, those matches to me don't add anything, but uh, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn, we know that's going to be batshit crazy. Like we know that's that's going to just be a wild. I don't even know if you could call it a spot fest as much as we're gonna. It's probably, probably going to be a stunt fest. So we know what we're going to get there. We've seen Pat McAfee. We we've seen what he can do. And let's let's keep it one hundred. We know who's going to bring more eyeballs. To WrestleMania, the most eyes possible, it's going to be Pat. It's going to be Knoxville. It's going to be the Paul brother. You know, he. People want to see this guy get beat up, get knocked out. I I'd love to see him catch a six one nine and and catch one of those stiff frog splashes from Dominic, where he just lays all his weight on you <laughs> when he comes down. It looks like it just sucks the air out of your body. I'd love to see that. Like I want to see that. But but I and I but I completely get the argument where you just have to do better throughout the year. Like. Damian Priest has been presented well the entire year. He's been booked well the entire year. Yeah, we can talk about how he had to fight off some demons and the Miz got eaten and we got Von Wagner out of it. Yeah, we can talk about that whole debacle at Extreme Rules. But besides that, he's been booked well up until this last month where it's like... They just completely forgot all the goodwill they had built up with Damian Priest. And Keely, you brought up they had a, a, a ready made story with Finn Balor. If they would have just left it alone after the one match, Damian Priest turns heel and they shouldn't have interacted again until WrestleMania. Damian Priest should have just been whooping that dude's tail every week until Balor's like, you know what? You're the priest, you brought out the demon. I mean, it should have been that simple. And instead, they've wrestled like four times since then. And I don't, honestly, I don't want to see them wrestle again. And, you know, I don't, I'd rather, I'd rather see them in the jury. Because what, what are they going to do meaningful on WrestleMania? And yes, you're absolutely right. And, you know, everyone else who says it, you got to do better throughout the year. But they didn't. You know, at the end of the day, WWE dropped the ball and didn't do a good enough job with these guys and where the title is right now. And so with that being said, I, I, you know, I definitely think the celebrities deserve that spot because they're going to bring more eyeballs than Finn or Ricochet, even though that's not how it should be.
0: Absolutely. So, Paul, what are your thoughts on these two titles being iced out of WrestleMania weekend?
2: Well, I don't, um, I, I, obviously would rather see the title matches on the card, you know, all things equal, but if it's a choice of having, you know, the IC title defended, you know, in a relatively cold match, um, and then not having Pat McAfee and Austin Theory on the card, well then I'm, you know, I'm going to say, you know, ice the IC title or, you know, same thing with the U S belt. Um, I, uh, I, it's funny because when this whole Seth Rollins you know, and No Path to WrestleMania thing started, I got into it with a couple of people because they said, oh, everybody gets on to WrestleMania. And I'm like, no, you know what? Like, that used to be the case, but not everyone gets on WrestleMania. And... In a way, I kind of like that. I like having WrestleMania only being special matches. I don't think it should be the participation award. It should be the Super Bowl of wrestling. So you get your big matches and then you get your celebrities. And, you know, the celebrities are the ones that are going to get people to sign up for Peacock or, you know, are going to buy tickets to go watch the show in Dallas. But they're not, you know, I'm sorry, but. As, as good of a match as Finn Balor and Damian Priest would be, and we've seen it before on a big stage and it's been great, it's not selling one ticket or one subscription to Peacock. Same thing with Ricochet versus, you know, whoever he was going to defend against. You know, certainly a triple threat match against uh, the Latin Lovers is not selling any subscriptions to Peacock or tickets to WrestleMania. So if, you know, if, if they don't get to be on the show, you know, so be it. I mean, they'll be at Access... I don't think they have the WrestleMania payoffs anymore, so they're not really losing out that way. Um, the, you know, they'll get to watch the show, and and now they have a goal. And I think that, you know, as, as much as it's out of your control, that, you know, you can do the best job you possibly can, and you can be built up for a year like Damien Priest was, and then it can be snatched out of you in the last month. But... I do believe that it does. It should be something to strive for. Now, whether or not it's attainable, that's a whole other discussion that we're not going to have today. But um, I do think that it should be something that is a thing at the end of the road that only the best people and the best matches are on WrestleMania. And when you look at these cards, I don't see any matches on this card that I wouldn't say that's not a WrestleMania match. Um, unless I'm, you know, drastically forgetting something. Um, I'm not saying they're all going to be all time classics, but they're all matches that have been promoted And set up, and and in fact, I did a preview show with Garrett, and the one match I said I'm not really, I'm not feeling it was Finn Balor and Damien Priest, and now that match is non-Mania, so you know it's it 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 actually proves the point that um, you know everything else has been built up really really well, or you know I mean we talked about Charlotte and Ronda, but I mean there's no way that's not a WrestleMania match, you know whether or not the build has been as good as it possibly could have been is another story, but it's definitely a WrestleMania match.
0: Yeah. Valid points all around. And that's just a message for WWE to do better next year when it builds up to these championship matches across the board, make those two nights count for something. But I think it's very important for fans that have an issue with celebrities. Like it goes back to WrestleMania one without celebrities. You don't have WrestleMania 38 on Saturday. It's a point. Go through all the cards on Peacock and look at the influence of celebrities. It counts for something when there's a reverence and respect for it. And if you got that, you win me over the fans of Jenny Knoxville. I'm not going to be mad at them for that. I love Johnny too. I adore Pat McAfee. So I'm all for that to have his WrestleMania moment on a big stage to make up for what he had at, at TakeOver 30 nearly two years ago. So I'm all for it. But for WWE... Icy title match not to finish his last year's WrestleMania. You got to work on that to make those titles count year round. As we transition to the closing angle of Friday Night Smackdown on Fox featuring the Tribal Chief, the head of the table, the Universal Champion Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar having another confrontation. Cowboy Brock Lesnar shows up to Smackdown, breaks into Roman Reigns' locker room. He breaks his table, eats his grapes, spit out the champagne, breaks a lamp, tears up glass, and he waits for Roman's arrival to provoke him again and again Roman shows up in his SUV apparently as four Suburbans so he's not really offended by car damage and Brock destroys another Suburban he makes his way down to ringside through the crowd and he confronts Roman reigns but Roman has security blocking the path and once again Brock beats up a bunch of security guards with a steel chair and it's a fine angle but I wanted a bit more I want a little scrap before Wrestlemania I know they're saving the blood for Sunday it makes sense as a selling point blood for blood and they're running out of things to do I love Brock I love Roman but now we're spinning our wheels a bit as we have one week to go to Wrestlemania if you're not going to do a brawl between now and Wrestlemania maybe not have your top tier stars on pay, on TV, I should say, and save the hype video, video package for the pay-per-view or premium live event. So what are your thoughts, Scott, on the final segment involving Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar?
1: I, uh, I absolutely loved Brock Lesnar throwing that little jump kick off the table while he was holding the chair to the first guy. I thought that was a, a beautiful touch there, him just wailing people with the chair. I do want to talk about... You know, I mentioned it earlier with uh, with Monday Night Raw. I, I can't remember who we were talking about with the with oh Kevin Owens and, and real reactions when Roman Reigns comes out and that first drum hit that doom, and you hear the high pitch, the little chorus singing in the background, the entire audience just stands up. Everybody pulls their phones out, and you just see people recording. You see excitement like. Roman Reigns man is, is the top guy in wrestling I I don't see anybody else On any show that I'm watching That when their music just comes out People just instantly stand up And start pulling their phones out And just record everything he does And I mean the, Brooklyn Acknowledge me I mean all of that is just wonderfully And the crowd just responds And they're loud And there's so much energy I mean, it's an incredible sight to see, and it really makes you know It makes it noticeable when they're piping in noise, and when you get a real authentic reaction like this. His promo was fantastic. Roman Reigns' facials were fantastic during this entire thing. You know, when he's like, "Is he? He's here. He, he ain't coming up here." Like, I I love everything about just everything about Roman Reigns right now, and the fans are are completely with Brock as far as the matchup goes, which is another testament to how good babyface Brock Lesnar has been. I've said it every week and I will continue to say it every week. If Brock Lesnar is not the great babyface that he is, this feud does not work this and and roman is fantastic he is in god mode but if brock lesnar is not this top tier baby face this feud doesn't work for them to for them to get a suplex city chant in the middle of all this roman love is incredible <laughs> i mean that's that's an incredible thing to pull off and him not to be there to, or for him not to be in the ring you know what i mean like that's a testament to what this story has been able to done and people can say what they want about this matchup happening before. This is going to have a big fight feel to it, and you can already tell. I'm with you, Keela. I don't think we're going to see them next week. I think they'll be held off TV, which they should be. You shouldn't, and I'm even, you can even, I might even keep Paul Heyman off. You're going to get the bloodline. You're going to get the Usos. So I think that's, I I think, no, no, you're not going to get them either. They're not in the Dre either. Jay don't even get to defend his, uh, his Dre. <laughs> What's up with that? I just thought about that. You don't even have Jay in there defending his Trey. Oh man. What's up with that? What's up with that? Um, you know, <laughs> he's right there. He ain't got nothing to do Friday night. He's right there. <laughs> um, so all right. But yeah, the, the bill's been fantastic. I'm very excited about the match, but yeah, I'm with you, Keila. Hopefully they don't show up next week unless we're gonna get Brock Lesnar just beating the holy hell out of Roman and leaving him bloody, raising the two titles, saying, Acknowledge me. And that's the only way I'm taking them to showing up next week.
0: Yeah, they will be in Pittsburgh on Monday. It's going to be another face-to-face. It better be like a mini brawl, just something without blood heading into WrestleMania just to give something a little bit more weight to this feud which has been great Brock has been exceptional as a babyface and Roman is top tier as you mentioned when that music hits those phones go up and it's a visual it's a vibe in the building and Roman is so over and can you imagine 80,000 phones next Sunday for his entrance with a choir most likely a full string orchestra playing Roman down to the ring that is going to be an epic entrance trust me on that so Paul what are your thoughts on the final segment between Roman and Brock Lesnar of their match at WrestleMania, with the exception of what they do on Monday Night Raw.
2: So I I, last week when I was watching SmackDown and they did that opening, um, it just it kind of occurred to me that they're basically just redoing Rock Stone Cold, um, you know, 22, 23 years later. And it's great um you know it's, it's a different era and uh you know there are different personalities but roman the last few weeks has really been tapping into rock heel uh in, in, as far as his promos and and brock lesnar is giving hangman page uh a you know a, a charter class in cowboy shit um you know and, and this is like it's just beautiful like and everything scott said about you know the the star power of these two guys and this is i mean this is the big money match in professional wrestling, you know, whether or not, you know, you think that WWE is, is the best going or not, um, you know, whether or not you want to acknowledge the fact that they are the, the most widely viewed company by a pretty good margin. Um, you know, the, the, there's better matches maybe, um, you know, in terms of, you know, like star ratings, but in terms of star power, There's nothing that compares to this in in today's professional wrestling, and we're going to see it next week. And they've done an incredible job building this up. I think they had... um a fortune, they were fortunate in a way that day one didn't happen because now it's been that much longer since we've got to see these two mix it up in in a ring and they got two uh, big gates out of it as well. So, um, you know, it, it, you know, people got mad that we didn't get to see this match on January first, but it just made us want it even more. So, um, and in terms of what they did this week, I mean, for me, like I wasn't disappointed. It was it was good. It was fine. I mean, it could have been better, but. I also understand, you know, much like saying that, oh, it would have been awesome to have Stone Cold come out at the end of that segment with Kevin Owens. Yeah, it would have been great to see these two mix it up, but I just want to see it all the more now. And when Brock when Brock Lesnar did that promo last week, where he said, "You know, boy, you've done unleashed the bipolar beast, and I'm coming for your blood," like that's the money promo. Everyone talks about money promos, and MJF can do his twenty minute soliloquies, and CM Punk can harken back to twenty years ago on the Indies, but Brock Lesnar with that simple promo, that's money, and that is why seventy five thousand people are going to be in the building on. Uh, Sunday night to see these two hooking up and there's going to be 5 million people watching on Peacock um, because of, of that and uh, it's it's just great and this is, this is what we watch for
0: definitely and Vince says I hate blood and guts you're going to get blood and <laughs> guts next Sunday it's going to be a bloody main event and I cannot yep. wait and if their Wrestlemania 31 match is an in the indication they're going to top it next Sunday and easily my most anticipated match for Wrestlemania Sunday but Before we wrap things up, let's talk about our WrestleMania expectations for next Wednesday, for next weekend, I should say. Next Saturday and Sunday, two massive shows going down at AT AT&T Stadium. And I want to start with Paul, since you will be in attendance most likely for both nights of WrestleMania, I do believe. So what is your vibe heading into the two night extravaganza of WrestleMania?
2: Well, I'm obviously super pumped. I mean, this will be the first live wrestling I've seen since Double or Nothing in 2019. So it's been a it's been a it's been a minute, and um, my first WWE show, I think, since um, WrestleMania uh, 32. So um, I'm I'm just pumped to be there. Number one, obviously, you know, as as I just finished saying. Brock Roman is is my number one, um, but I'm also looking forward to hearing Stone Cold's music and and being a part of the reaction when he stuns Owens. I'm looking forward to Ronda Rousey's entrance. I've been in the building for Ronda Rousey entrance, and it's it's something to be there. You know, just hearing that music and watching her walk down the ring. It's star power that is unparalleled. And in terms of matches, I, I really want to see Cody and Seth, and I want to see Becky and uh, Bianca. So the two, you know, the power couple, um, you know, I'm, uh, and my, I'm there with my daughter, and my daughter's favorite wrestler is Becky, and she really loves Bianca too. And when Becky beat Bianca in 23 seconds or whatever it was, my daughter cried. And I think it was partially because the match was so short, but I think she felt bad for Bianca. And I think she's going to feel good for Bianca after, after Sunday. So,
0: um, you know, I, I just want to be there with her and watch her experience that. All right. So, Scott, what are your expectations for WrestleMania's night one and two?
1: my expectations man is a lot of curiosity as far as what are they going to do you know the Cody Seth match it's I'm curious how what's the presentation of Cody you know is it is it back to WWE Cody does he bring pretty much everything from AEW over to WWE and he's the same version where it's almost like he's the AEW guy in WWE you know the just the presentation of that how that's all going to come about we know Cody likes to have a grand entrance so we know there's going to be something big planned for that. I'm curious with that. Uh, Bianca, Becky Lynch. That's another match that I'm really excited about because I'm, I'm fully on board with Bianca getting that win back and going back to back. You can really establish Bianca Belair right here as I, I mean, if she beats Becky Lynch in this WrestleMania, that's two of the horsemen knocked off at WrestleMania. That's two of them knocked off in back to back years. I think you put her right I think this puts her in that tier. I mean where I mean I think she's like right below it. I think you put her there with this with this win. Um another match I'm really looking forward to is is Pat and Austin Theory. I'm probably a bigger Austin Theory fan than most. I I, I think he's I think he could legit be a pillar. And I people may say I'm crazy for saying that, but I think he's got everything you could ask for in a wrestler. He can talk. He's got a great look. He's young. He's incredibly athletic. Like he can literally do anything in the ring and he hasn't shown half of what he can do, um, as far as Raw goes and this is just based off of like what he was doing before he got there so I'm really excited about that match we've seen what Pat can do when the lights are on brightest it's a lot of curiosity you know how does the matchup with Brock and Roman go how do they go about completing this story what role does Paul Heyman play how does Roman beat Brock clean you know is it clean what type of shenanigans are going to happen does the rock come out at the end like there's so many questions that are going to that you know we we're going to find out the answers to and I'm the curiosity is something that I think is so important in wrestling. The curiosity of finding out what's going to happen, how is this wrestler going to respond? How is Ronda going to respond if she is in the main event and they completely turn on it? Like that's all really intriguing to me. So the curiosity of WrestleMania is really where I'm at with the mindset right now.
0: I'm all about the moments for nights one and two. The KO show, Stone Cold coming back. In what way will he come back? A brawl or a match or a fight? We'll see. Obviously, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. Can Bianca Belair get her get her championship back after seven months? I think about the reactions to Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. A polarizing main event match, possibly. I think about Cody's return to WWE after six years and that presentation that entrance the reaction from the people the pop they've been waiting for for what six weeks now and he gets to come out there in Arlington Texas AT&T Stadium he came in there six years ago as stardust he comes back as a completely reinvented performer and have possibly a show-selling match against Seth Rollins. Obviously, Roman versus Brock for the Unified Championship matches that have been poo-pooed on in the past, but this is completely different. This is Cowboy Brock Lesnar. This is God-mode Roman Reigns, the two most over guys in WWE today. You think about the professional wrestling classic between AJ Styles and Edge, Pat McAfee putting on a show, Strong Style, Johnny Knoxville, Logan Paul whatever he's going to do against the Mysterios and probably knocking out the Miz sorry Scott about that going down on night one but it's all about those moments and the what ifs will John Cena make a cameo appearance roll the rock show up at the end what will be the teasers heading into next year's Wrestlemania and I'm all about the fan reaction I'm all about the quality that WWE is going to put out there but above all else I hope they don't psych themselves out saying oh god Wrestlemania backlashes in May let's fuck around around with the card and just add things up for next month. No. Go by what you think is best for this night and worry about the pay-per-view later. Give the fans what they want to see. Give them finishes that are satisfying and make this a two-night WrestleMania to remember. That's what I'm looking forward to next Saturday and Sunday. And Will it be stupendous? I don't know. Will our moods be different come Saturday and Sunday night? We'll see. But I do think this would be a very memorable weekend for WWE. The potential is there to really put on a two-night special for the fans after three years of pretty subdued WrestleMania, despite the show going down last year from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. And with that, that wraps up the expectations for WrestleMania. But as always, we like to end things on a very light note with our guilty pleasure slash avoid all all costs, picks of the week, the things we love about WWE, and that one thing we think you should avoid at all costs. So, Scott, what is your go-to picks for what you loved and what you hated from WWE this week?
1: So, what I hated this week from WWE is you know and it's something that fans will point out and you know it's like how do I defend that like it w- you know, well, why do I watch this crap? Like, this is the type of stuff that makes me really want to turn the TV off. And it's on, it was on Monday Night Raw, and Raw was actually pretty solid this week. But the chicken fighting was just absolutely one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. I'm so mm-hmm. sick of seeing um, Reggie and Dana Brooke on my screen. And let me tell you something, when it comes to movies and TV shows... I am the biggest fan of biracial couples. I am all for my biracial couples. I love them. I'm biracial myself. I'm all for it. But those two... Oh God! And then we and then we got another one on the other side. We got Tazawa and Tamina. So we just got biracial loving going all around the ring. And I am not here for any of it. And this is all happening before nine o'clock. So they ain't even waiting till after hours. <laughs> you know the kids are still up. So what's going on with that? As far as my guilty pleasure, and I think this he might have been my guilty pleasure last week or the week before. Andre Chase. And his buddy, what's his name? Bodie. Is his name Bodie. Yeah, oh, Bodie Hayward. I absolutely love this segment when Hayward was cursing out the dude in the front row, and and Chase was like, "Where did you learn how to talk like that? Who who, who did you who, who taught you that?" And he's like, "Well, I got it from you, sir." And Chase's like, "That's one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard in my life, son." And you you shut the f- up. Oh, it was it was absolutely. <laughs> Great. Actually, and I'm not going to lie, it made me really want to see Hayward going Von Wagner's tail next week. So job well done all around. Andre Chase is slowly and Chase University is slowly winning me over.
0: I got to agree. Bodie Hayward is just the best. I love him. He has a great personality. And to me, no shade, but a little bit of shade. He's better than both varsity blondes put together in terms of charisma. (laughs) Not ring yet, but charisma. That dude is special. Paul, your picks, please
2: so he took one of mine so i am I'm, I'm scrambling to think of uh, cuz that that was going to be mine the andre chase thing the last 2 weeks i've turned a corner on on chase u i used to just cringe and want to fast forward that stuff and it's been really good um but i'll go with okay so for my i'm also going to raw for my things to avoid and it it's it was the um the brawl the, uh, backstage between Carmella and um, Zelina, you know, where they had this fight where they were calling each other, you know, a skank and a hobbit and all this stuff. And then they got in a brawl and she's, you know, threw away her, you know, $1,500 phone. And then it was all just a setup. So at that point, I realized, okay, we've got two champions that don't get along with each other. And we've got three tag teams that have never teamed before. And this is our WrestleMania match. So when I heard, when I said earlier that everything belongs on WrestleMania, I totally forgot about this one. Cause they could just forget about this match as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, um, you know, just do something else, anything else. I, I honestly, I'd rather see, uh, Uh, a 24-7 match on the card than this four-way tag. Even though I think the four-way tag is going to be good, um, I just don't like the the build to this at all i mean right down to shana and natalia just attacking people and that's how they get their match like and seth rollins can't get on wrestlemania like it's you know that's just a little too much of a a logic jump for me so i guess for my for my guilty pleasure i mean i i guess i have to go with the walter gunther i mean we talked about or the gunther duke hudson i mean we talked about earlier but everything everything about that um was just beautiful and and we gushed about it earlier but it deserves more love so that that is my uh my guilty pleasure for this week i've probably played that clip of the walter chop like 200 times since (laughs) then and i'll probably do it 200 more times before i watch nxt next week fine
0: picks my thing to avoid at all costs is ronda rousey's promo from smackdown you can skip that fast forward you will miss nothing i read it to filth already my guilty pleasure I have to point to a tweet I sent out that I uh, was watching NXT 2.0, per the usual, and I saw the Creed Brothers in action against the Grizz Young Veterans, and I noticed that young Julius Creed Jules was working on his fitness as of late, and I called him out for it, and fellow Fight Game Media member J.D. Oliver called me out for it and tagged him in the message and said, yeah, yeah, and I was like, wow, please don't respond Please don't. I'm very sheepish. Well, they're boys. They're boys, I know. I give him a compliment. Yeah. And he hasn't putting in <laughs> that gym work, and I appreciate that. So that is my guilty pleasure. Acceptable horny hours after 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern <laughs> on NXT 2.0. Just saying. He looked shout, very, very good. Shout out no to lie. JD. Yes, you yeah. snitch tagger, but it's all good. <laughs> It's all love, but it's true, and people said the same thing. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. Diamond mind for life. You right about that, mm-hmm. And with that, this wraps up a very supersized episode of the wrap, recapping all things WWE as we are on that road to WrestleMania. The road is winding down, and we are excited for the biggest shows of the year. And as always, I want to thank Scott and Paul for joining me. Per the usual, breaking down all things World Wrestling Entertainment.
1: As always it's a pleasure to chop it up. Um you know I think I actually think this was this was the trio I had my first show on. Um, or or is that, is that, I think this was the trios. My first show was on. So, uh, I, I I think this was it. So I, you know, I'm always happy when this, when Paul comes back on, um, we even got to talk a little AEW. So that doesn't happen too often. So that was cool. But yeah, this was always fun. Next week starts the, the, the week of mania since every show apparently next week is called WrestleMania something. So we have (laughs) WrestleMania week to look forward to next week.
2: I got tired just reading that schedule, let alone trying to listen to it all. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be nice uh, road mu- road accompaniment for me.
0: Yes, a lot of fun, and we'll be back here Saturday and Sunday, the late night hours, recapping night one and two <laughs> of WrestleMania as we have some kind of animal run in, I believe, at the last yeah, possible yeah. moment. <laughs> What a way to end this show. So we'll be back covering nights one and two. Me and Scott Tack teaming per the usual to give you what you need regarding all things WrestleMania, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, send and deliver and ultimately WrestleMania itself. So for Scott and for Paul and for myself, have a great week and enjoy WrestleMania on the Peacock. Until then, that's a wrap.
1: Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go.